Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Benson, I feel the power of evil coursing through my veins, filling every corner of my being with the desire to do wrong. I feel so bad. Good, good. Yes, it is good. Well, this is the worst kind of badness that I'm feeling. Kill me, master! Kill me! Not now, Benson. We have work to do. No lesser work than the overthrowing of creation itself. We will remake man in our image, not his. We will turn mountains into sea. Into fire. The fire into a mighty rushing wind which will cover the face of the earth and wipe clean the scourge of woolly thinking once and for all. Will you make beans into peas? Oh, Benson. Dear Benson, you are so mercifully free of the ravages of intelligence. <laughs> you say such nice things, Master. Yes, I know. I'm sorry. Now, Benson. I shall have to turn you into a dog for a while. Thank you, Master. Stay, Benson. Guard the man. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dying times here. Woo! David Warner. I'm ready to talk David Warner, nothing but David Warner. Oh, we're talking Star Wars, sir. I'm sure David <laughs> Warner was in there somehow. Oh, that would have been great, man. Would have been fucking great. I may have gone to see it <laughs> if he'd have been in it. I saw it last night. Well, 
I saw it last night, and there's a character on the dark side called General Hux. He is, I'll have to find a picture of him. He is baby David Warnoff. I turned to Josh in the theater, and I'm like, that's fucking baby David Warner. I'm going to call him David Warnoff all night long. I don't know why. <laughs> well, you know, the thing is, David Warner has taste, so he decided to go with the other franchise, Star Trek. And Spoiler alert, Star Joe Trek hates stuff. Star Trek, Star Wars. <laughs> oh, and Tim is here, too. Of course. Freshly off the shitter. He's got a bunch of cookies made at his house. <laughs> and he's, he's yammering on about the fucking Steelers already. But that's been cut from the episode because there's no Steeler talk allowed here. Anyway, what have you been watching, sirs? Joe, go. I watched Evelyn, the night Evelyn came out of the grave. Oh. A Italian... Uh, sexploitation yes. horror flick and at the at the beginning of the movie there's some really good looking chicks there's some bondage scenes and it seems like as the movie goes on they the chicks become less and less attractive so i don't know what happened there if like they blew all their money on these hot chicks right at the beginning and just <laughs> had to take what was left in italy chicks, chicks that would take their clothes off uh, i don't think there's any shortage of chicks like that i don't think they give money joe it's it's italy they're like hey uh we're making a flick and everybody took their clothes off yeah it's just (laughs) it's if charles band and his dad was anywhere near it and it's the early 70s it happened uh as far as the movie goes it just drags on quite a bit and it's one of these movies where everybody's fucking each other over uh, because of money so it, there's twists and turns along the way and i'm not really even sure what the 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 plan was you know scares come out of the grave yeah you know it, it fucking like in the last 10 minutes she finally comes out of the grave sorta so i, I you know i was pretty drunk by the time the movie ended and i'm thinking well i think she was alive the whole time you know just yeah. kind of like trying to steal the money from her husband along with the psychiatrist but then the husband like knew what was going on, so he's fucking them over, and then his mistress is fucking him over. I don't know, man. It's, it's like some soap opera type convoluted bullshit. But oh, it's one of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But do what I did. Just get drunk and watch. <laughs> fucking start drinking. Yep. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree with Joe. <laughs> hey, that is the way to go. In I mean, most movies, yes, but that movie even more. I, that's one I've never seen, and I always see. Uh, blurry man selling the poster at, at wasteland and i always say you know i should probably see that well you can see it just about anywhere uh yeah. i don't remember oh i had a dvd it's, it, it's funny it says like for the first time presented letterboxed and it looks like they just stuck black bars on the top of the bottom because it's cropped all fucked up <laughs> <laughs> it's not cleaned up for shit you know there's a lot of crackles and specks and i don't know pubic hair and shit on the on the screen <laughs> it's just it's a fucking mess it's italy man they probably filmed it in the middle of an orgy yeah, probably <laughs> uh, finished up jessica jones which i really really liked and i, I like the way it ended i like uh, the guy playing luke cage i know they're doing more shit with luke cage later on i don't know if they were going to do a, a power man iron fist show or i think yeah uh, so, Somebody told me Defenders. They're going to make a Defenders show, which yeah. the two guys were never in the Defenders, so that doesn't make sense, but whatever. 
How dare you question comic books, Joe? You're going <laughs> to yeah, set the internet ablaze. Yeah, I know, I know. Well, what the <laughs> fuck do I know? I haven't even seen the last two X-Men movies, so. Hey, I saw a trailer for the new one that looked too bad. Yeah. yeah. Well. No, they could have, they've done the best, at least, according to the trailer, they've done the best thing and left Wolverine out. Yeah, they did. He's, he's done. He's, Good. He has, they have one more movie they're doing with him and he's done. I mean, it's time for shit like this in The Walking Dead. About the best thing you can do is kill your main characters. We've had enough of them, even though I don't watch The Walking Dead anymore. Fuck that guy. But, you know, that's not a bad thing to kill characters. Just ask George R.R. R. R. Martin. He does it all the time. Yeah, he does. He does. But he introduces 12 new characters before mm. he kills one off. So, yeah. you know, he kind of makes up for it. And there'll be nine fan theories on why that character is not dead. Yeah. Um... And the like, hound is still alive, Joe. Uh, <laughs> he's fucking dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, like I said last week, the guy that's playing the villain in Jessica Jones throughout the throughout the run of this first season is really good. Uh, I'm not familiar with him. Everybody tells me he was Doctor Who for a while. Oh, yeah, that's out of my wheelhouse. Too. The question <laughs> yeah. is, who hasn't been Doctor Who anymore since they keep changing the dude? David yeah. Warner. Yeah, see, David Warner, I'd watch that. You know, I've always. I would watch it too. <laughs> David Warner, like to play James Bond, I'd watch a fucking James Bond movie. Uh, I'd like Warner to play Sherlock Holmes, as I said last time. You it's know, kind of shocking he hasn't been a James Bond villain. Or James Bond, I want him to be James Bond. He's just such a better bad guy, dude. <laughs> yeah, that's it. You know, it yeah. doesn't matter because I pull up his IMDb page since we're going to be talking about him later, and one of the first things that come up on his list, he is in the TV series Amazing World of Gumball. It just says <laughs> everything for me. He's done some weird shit, man. Uh, the fuck is the Amazing World of Gumball? Oh, you know what that is? It is the dumbest, funniest kids cartoon on Cartoon Network. <laughs> Okay. I I find myself constantly just staring at it and watching it and laughing my ass off for no apparent reason. Oh, so it's like one of those, like a Rick and Morty. It's I. It can't even be explained. You have to see it to understand. I just can't. I can't even explain it. Well, didn't he also do a voice in uh, 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 Dexter? I think he did, but though might take a while. And we were talking Doctor Who. He did show up in an episode of Doctor Who. Wanted yeah, him. he did like some Christmas special or some weird shit too, or Cold Doctor War. Who the musical. I don't know. Yeah, he's on, yeah, he was in there in Cold War. Is the episode? Uh, he's he's done a lot of animated voice work, and he's got the perfect voice for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was Rachel Ghoul in the Batman animated series, and even uh, he. The cool thing about those animated shows that that DC was doing is they would retain the same voice actors. Like, uh, Rachel Ghoul was in the Superman animated series and he did it there. In Batman Beyond, he was the same character doing the same voice, so. Cool. Uh, what else you got, Joe? Uh, I've started a series called, uh, Red Road on Netflix and I just watched one episode and there's nothing to it. Not a fucking thing. So I'm going to give it three more episodes or two more. And if it doesn't get better, I'm done with it. Uh, it's got a tie to Game of Thrones because uh, the guy from the first season that was fucking the dragon chick from behind, he's in it. Oh, the guy that got the gold dumped on his head? 
Uh, no, from the first season, the the savage dude, the guy. That's... Oh, um, fuck is that guy? Jason Momoa. Yeah, there you go, Aquaman. Fucking yeah. man, they showed a trailer that looks just. That looks bad. That Batman Superman looks fucking terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I've only seen, like, some still photos, but I got no interest in that either. Wow, that's gonna be fucking bad. Bad. But I'll go with Really? Work. People are going nuts over that. Because it sucks. It looks so ter- It looks... That guy playing Lex Luthor is gonna fucking shit on that movie. People go nuts over fucking anything that's, like, already established. You know, people are are ready to love it no matter what. And since when, like, I'm seeing all these these new new Batman comic books, like The Doom That Came to Gotham and and this trailer, you know, Batman's just the Punisher now. He's just wielding all kind of fucking guns, and and that's not Batman. Nope. He's just, he's he's nothing but the Punisher anymore, so I don't know. It kind of taken me out of it. You know, give me give me the Punisher. Don't give me Batman anymore. Give that guy a rest at the movie. But what? But I'm sorry, I fucking interrupted you. No problem. Uh, the last thing I I watched, uh, getting into the David Warner vibe for today, was uh, from Beyond the Grave. Woo! Anthology Ooh. flick. You guys <clears> seen <throat> this one? Oh yeah, it's good. Yeah. yeah, I I hadn't seen it since shit since I was a little kid and. Yeah, it's really good, man. It's, uh, the first segment has David Warner, uh, just being like, kinda like a dick, just ripping off an antique guy, uh, antique, who the fuck's the antique salesman? He's, uh, Christopher Lee's nemesis all the time. Cushing? Cushing. Yeah, Peter Cushing. You know, it's just like, a guy that owns an antique shop and everything he sells in there, you're gonna get fucked somehow. Yeah, he's got the mirror. Yeah, Warner buys a mirror. And there's a soul trapped in there of a murderer, and he's just like, feed me Seymour. He needs blood, you know? So Warner goes and picks up hookers and kills him in the apartment. So I'd say this is a prequel to Time After Time. There you go. Yeah, Time After Time, we'll we'll get into that. I I was surprised. It is a product of its time, but it's still just a cool-ass movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Second segment has uh, Donald Pleasance. Yep. And Donald Pleasance's sister, I think that's his sister. I don't know, which kind of looks oddly like him. Not a very attractive woman at all. At I all. believe you're correct on that is his sister. <laughs> okay. Yeah, she's an odd-looking chick, man. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, I highly recommend this movie to anybody that hasn't seen it that likes uh, – the old uh, Tales from the Crypt movie or Vault yeah. of Horror, uh, just a really, really cool anthology with you know solid stories, great acting, good music. Yeah, that fucking uh, blind people where they make them walk down the hallway full of razor blades. They oh did yeah, that in Tales from yeah. the Crypt, <laughs> and it was that's my favorite like episode ever of Tales of the Crypt and of any anthologies where they. I, I don't Herbert Lom is in the. This one, right? I think Herbert Lom. There's a shitload of people in this. Yeah. One. I, I was just amazed by the cast. It's like, yeah, man, if you were in the UK, you were getting, you're in this movie. Yeah. Right. If you were any kind of a like a horror guy, which I don't know that David Warner was established as a horror guy at the time. Not um, yeah, I was gonna say that's was still the Omen out yet. Mm, I don't know. I don't, uh, let's see. This was seventy seventy four. Yeah. No, this is pre Omen. Yeah, so it's before the Omen. And Not long before, but yeah. Yeah. 
But yeah, damn good movie. Damn good movie. Yep. And, and the Tales from the Crypt episode has uh, Isaac Hayes in the David Warner role, or not David Warner, but in the hallway scene. Uh, one thing that I wanted to see uh, that I didn't know existed was uh, David Warner did a TV movie where he plays the monster, uh, a Frankenstein movie. And like I said, if you can uh, get out of print Dan to work his magic and find that shit, I really want to see it. He says he has it. Fucking A. <laughs> <laughs> he said, yeah, I didn't know if he contacted you or not, but... I want to like, see David Warner play the monster. As soon as I uh, emailed him what you said, he's like, yep, got it. <laughs> he can find that, but he can't find the Kenny Rogers Christmas special. <laughs> no, he cannot. <laughs> yeah, there's also a Christmas movie I'm after called Tits A Wonderful Life. <laughs> Was this was this produced by you? <laughs> is, are, are, is the uh, prof going to get Joe to the next convention <laughs> to, to the tit starter campaign? Yeah. Tit starter. Yeah. But I'll talk uh, to out of print Dan about that later. He can get it. Oh yeah. What you been watching, Tim? Okay, I try to make up a little bit for uh, last week since I didn't watch much, and I know you were kind of disappointed in that. So. Mm-mm. <laughs> Uh, Not so much disappointed, just shocked because, like, Tim Gross can work 80 hours a week and yet still find time to watch 10 fucking movies. Well, I try to, sir, and I'm starting to get back in the groove this week, even though I'm still working a bunch. Uh, I watched House by the Cemetery. Woo, that's my favorite Fulci. Yeah, yeah, it just, it's not my favorite because mine is Gates of Hell, but... I, if anything, it's been a long time since I've watched this movie, and I just I still feel it's how to put it a little bit weirder than the Beyond. That's why I like it. The Beyond I found out was you know everybody likes it. Kyle yep. thinks that's boring as fuck. And you know what? I can hear that argument, but I know people that would yeah. like want to throw punches just because of that statement, which yeah. I'll never understand. Uh, I, I like the Beyond. Don't get me wrong. Good movie. It's just not Gates of Hell for me. Nope. Uh, but House by the Cemetery, you know, just it's a fun movie. A lot of cool gore shots. I'm glad this was one of the few movies of Fulci's that hadn't made it to uh, DVD and Blu-ray re- until recently. This is one of those movies also, too, uh, back in the day, like drive-ins and theaters. You got to see the cut version. This movie was cut up like ten times over. Yeah. There's so many different titles this movie was released under. It was cool that it finally got a good release in the past, I'd say, year, year and a half now, that it got a good release. Um, did get two screeners from Camp Motion Pictures slash Alternative Cinema. Sent me a movie called In the Hell of Dixie. Um, apparently, independent filmmakers still haven't learned you should not make a movie that goes over two hours. Yeah. They thought they were making the Avengers, and <laughs> it just I, – I gave the movie the best chance I could, tried to sit there and watch it. Basically, it's a, it, it, in all intents and purposes, it is a slasher film and about a hunting club, and basically the hunting club starts getting killed off one by one. But the p- biggest problem is literally 40 to 50 minutes into the movie – they're still establishing the hunting club and all the characters. Like, they're making this epic, like, they're making the Godfather. 
It just, you don't need. Baby steps, man. Baby yeah, steps. It, it just, I, I, and, and that's what I wrote in the review today. Literally, I could see horror fans giving this movie a chance, but it, people are going to check out. Once it hits 80 minutes, 90 minutes, people start checking out. If you don't got it done, and the sad part was at that 80, 90 minute mark, they're still trying to explain the story twist that was coming. And it just, I was just like, man, you should, as like literally they could have hacked off the first 40 minutes of this movie would have been my first edit. It just, it, you could watch the movie from there. So this is the new Quentin Tarantino movie. Yes. <laughs> but alternative cinema more than made up for it. They, the second movie was called The Bone Garden, which is a very weird, uh, but cool kind of dramatic, slasher serial killer type of film basically new neighbors move in and it focuses on this character named alice uh been married a long time she's suspecting her husband's been cheating he works at the local university where the neighbors work at too and she just it's kind of like the burbs she keeps spying on the neighbors she don't care about her husband's cheating even though he isn't you find that out later on but they make it like he is uh but there's a, if you pay attention to the storyline and what's going on, uh, there's a lot of Halloween references, especially because the one character is named Ben Tramer. Uh, definitely you keep paying attention. There is, uh, there was a couple other Halloween names, like of characters in the movie, uh, a couple of different things, but it, it kind of helps because, uh, Paul Car- uh, Karata, I think his last name is, I believe he was, uh, Jason of number three. I think he was, uh, but there's quite a few familiar faces in it. Oh, the, Paul Kratka. Yes. I was like, who the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, I, I always fuck up his name. Your uh, Pittsburgh got in the way of that one, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. But, but but it's a really cool movie. has a couple of plot twists, uh, some good effects. It's a, definitely a solid, entertaining horror film. Uh, my biggest complaint, and this isn't a horrible complaint but i've been noticing this a lot in independent films i think the one thing it's always missing from independent films is music like people overlook that when they do an independent film this movie didn't overlook it but the problem was throughout the whole entire movie i just felt like the soundtrack never fit the flow like the music just seemed all wrong for the entire movie all the way through and the movie gets weird Especially as it goes on, it gets weirder. Uh, not the music, but the movie itself. And the music just never fits it, and I think it would be that much better of a movie if it did. But yeah, it's coming out in February. I think late February this is being released. It's called The Bone Garden, so hopefully people check it out. Uh, next movie I watched, Dead Rising Watchtower. I've had this for a long time, and I like I like the games. I got to play the games. Uh, I like the games. I don't didn't play them long. It was just one of those things was cutting into my movie time. So uh, I'm surprised, but I'm not. This movie didn't get a bigger release. Uh, basically, I caught it on demand. It's a sci-fi I, channel movie, isn't it? No. Really? No, it's just on demand. It's uh, I'm sure it's on Netflix. <laughs> and... Oh. Pretty much it's it, – it, it, if you like the game, you're going to like the movie. The biggest thing is it doesn't – it's just another zombie movie. You know what I mean? It's nothing 
too exciting. But also, too, they didn't embarrass themselves. I thought they did an okay job in uh, putting that out there, you know, adapting the video game to uh, to the big screen. But I guess since it's not Resident Evil, you don't get released for some godforsaken reason. <laughs> don't go down that road, Tim. <laughs> but uh, it, it's it's watchable. I liked I liked it, but I didn't didn't like really like get excited about it. I'm just surprised, more surprised it didn't get a bigger release. That's all. I found a movie called Reaper, and it stars Vinnie Jones, Jake Busey, and Danny Trejo. And <laughs> literally, and I wrote this in the review today, and I said it, the poster doesn't fit the movie. First off, and I said, this had to be my pitch. Like somebody was in a meeting and decided, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to remake Shocker and the Horror Show in five days. And it's going to be a preacher, escapee, a serial killer movie in a hotel. And we're going to star Vinnie Jones, Jake Busey, and Danny Trejo. So and, they filmed this at a convention. Sounds like Yeah, that. everybody gets a paycheck. Okay. <laughs> that Literally, that's how I wrote it. That's all. It, but as I put it, I had to watch it. I love Danny Trejo. I can't help myself. But this movie just it from beginning to end makes absolutely no sense because they got Vinnie Jones as like a mob character in this small ass town, and he's a mob character at a diner. Really stretching it there. Vinnie Jones is a mob dude. Yes. And basically, he's on the drug trade. Jake Busey shows up as an air conditioner salesman. Doesn't make it past the 20-minute mark. <laughs> uh, Danny Trejo is basically the guy bringing the drugs in. They make him basically out as the hero without being the hero. And he's the drug dealer, basically. And he's the nicest person in there. And this girl basically keeps screwing everybody over this hitchhiker and he just doesn't care he's being nice to her the whole time it just it it seems like it's two or three movies shoved into one is what it is i think that's its biggest issue but moving on i wanted to talk about two more movies two that i've wanted to see this year and i'm glad i did first one was see no evil part two i never made it i never finished it did you watch this joe no, I've not even seen the first one. Oh, the, the first, first one, great. yeah, the first one's pretty decent. It's worth checking out. And the second, it is one, a very competent, awesome, gory slasher movie. Yeah, and the second one doesn't veer too far away from that. Picks up the same night. Um, really, just basically, go. It, it takes place in the morgue. The only problem is it has Kyle's favorite person, Danielle Harris, stars in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it could be worse. Could have Rooney Mara. True. Uh, and it also stars Catherine Isabel, which I think she does just about every other horror movie at this point. Which hey, is that's your favorite person? <laughs> I I think she's great. I just think she does like every other horror movie at this point, though. Um, pretty much, the good knight gets sent to the morgue. Uh, Danielle Harris's character Amy feels bad. Because they're sending all the bodies to where she's at, so she stays to help her friends. Uh, her friends find out she's not going to go out and celebrate her birthday party. Uh, people still think Danielle Harris is 20 years old, apparently. Uh, she looks it. I mean, I'll give her that. Yeah, but it, it just 
so they decide to have a party in the morgue, and of course you know what's going to happen. Good Knight's body disappears. He starts killing everybody. It's a very solid sequel. I think they did a very good job. And the, one of the reasons I think they did a much better job than some of the more recent films that have had sequels, my best example is Laid to Rest 2. Mm. That sequel disappointed me so much because the first movie was just badass. Yep. And that sequel just took a huge fucking dump. This one doesn't do that. I enjoyed it. It's bloody again, just like you said about the first one, Kyle. It's well worth checking out. I like the uh, Soska sisters. I think they did a great job. I hope they keep making movies. The only thing I wasn't sold on is I wasn't totally sold on their Halloween 6 type killing of Goodnight in this movie. I'm trying not to give too much of it away, but there is like literally they're like, so how are we going to try to kill him? Remember what they did at the end of Halloween 6? Sure, let's go do that. That <laughs> just seemed like, yeah, I'm not totally sold on that. I never made it to the end of that movie. I wasn't too big of a fan. I'd turn it off. I liked it. I liked the first one. I liked the second one. I liked how they wanted, um, shit. They wanted Ethan Hawke in that movie, and they couldn't get him. They so got, they got that guy who looked exactly bootleg, like Ethan yeah. Hawke. Bootleg Ethan Hawke. Oh, that guy's not even bootleg. That's like Xerox Ethan Hawke. <laughs> it makes sense, because that dude looked exactly like him. Yeah. I'm not totally sure why they want Ethan Hawke, but... Makes sense since Ethan Hawke did the purge or whatever, so uh, it kind of makes sense to have him in there. Yep. But like I said, it's well worth checking out. Watch the rest of it, Kyle. And I, I'm just glad it wasn't late the rest too. Anyhow, moving on to the last one, and uh, Steve Benningfield said he didn't like this one. He commented when I posted about this Final Girl, not Final Girls. The other one that's called Final Girl has either one of you seen this? No. Nope. I just recently saw the poster for it. It is a, it is one of those horror movies that literally it, it, it exists in its own universe. And the reason I say that is because it don't give you like a year. They don't give you like where this is at. Oh, it's kind of like it follows. You mean it's like, is it the eighties? But. It looks like it, it, but that girl's got an iPad. Yeah, it's literally, you don't know, is it the 50s? Is it the 70s? Is it supposed to be set in the 80s? It's this weird, could it be a government experiment? Am I overthinking this entire movie? But this is a movie I will revisit because I liked it. It begins with a little girl sitting at a table and Wes Bentley sitting across from her and just basically like, your parents are dead. And she goes, yep. And he goes, my wife and kid are dead. And he goes, will you finish this? He gives her like one of those mazes you do on like a ditto sheet. Gives her, she does it real quick. And he goes, will you come with me and be trained? And you'll be somebody that not many people get to do this. And she's just like, can I have free ice cream? And he goes, sure. And it just shows 12 years later, she's standing outside of a lake and he's throwing rocks at her and hands her a gun. And he's like, shoot me, shoot me now. And just explains to her. And 
basically the whole premise of the movie is is he's preparing her for this situation, basically a slasher film situation. And the whole point is these four dudes that are high school age basically go out to the woods and they go hunting. Basically, they pick up a chick, they take her out to the woods and set her on her way so they can hunt her down and kill her. And they've been doing this for quite a while now. They're basically four serial killers, but they're in high school. And she basically turns the tables on them and kills them. But there is no backstory to this. There is, you know, this guy, I think Wes Bentley's character outside of the first name they give him, that's it. They do not say anything else. And that's why I said it's weird. It's just odd and that's what makes me want to go back and rewatch this movie again soon it's just a very it it literally exists and i don't know if you know they made it on purpose they edited it down on purpose for that reason yeah because you kind of just the way it's structured you kind of think it's an experiment government's in on it is it something totally different or is west bentley just some demented pedophile you just it's very weird. And if you like weird, check this movie out. It's definitely worth checking out because uh, what she does to the four dudes is pretty cool. It's pretty badass. It sounds like a reverse I spit on your grave. E- yes and no. Only with a lot less rape. Yeah, I was going to say, there's no rape in this. They're... I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. It's just, it's really hard to explain this movie because it, like I said, it doesn't follow the structure of a slasher film or a typical horror film. Like I said, it, it really basically just exists. I mean, there is not really a beginning. It just, all of a sudden, I mean, literally the movie comes up, like it starts and it's just this five-year-old girl sitting in a blank room with Wes Bentley. And him asking those questions. It, it, it just, it's weird. You know what I mean? And then it just goes from there. And in the whole time, she's just trying to decide, I, I'm in love with this guy, but he doesn't love, he doesn't love me. And it just, it doesn't make sense, but it does. It just, I don't know. Like I said, for me, I really liked it. I thought it was something different. So definitely if you like weird films, it's worth putting on. But that's what I watched this week. Oh, and I watched the 30 for 30, uh, the Buffalo Bills losing the four Super Bowls. Oh, that was a tearjerker, I'm sure. <laughs> Just seeing all the stuff they went through and what they did, and uh, it always fascinated me. So I love those 30 for 30. So. Yeah, they're good. I can't wait to see the Ric Flair one. Yeah. Um, apparently the next one in January is about uh, 85 Bears. Oh, geez, that'll be a good one. That's the best football team I think that's ever been. And it, and they talk about, like, it's everybody now that they could find. So, of course, Steve McMichael looks like a crazed. <laughs> Mongo's gonna be on there. Fucking... Yeah, he's like a crazed mental patient now, cause he's had all kinds of issues. Yeah, are they gonna, uh, talk to William, the refrigerator Perry, about the time, uh, Manute Bull beat him in a boxing match? <laughs> I hope so. That would be awesome. The thing or, that happened. Or his time as a member of G.I. Joe. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. He was the worst G.I. Joe guy ever. Dude, he was awesome. He had his fucking jersey. And he had, had his jersey on, yeah. He had a silver football on a chain. 
And they used to, he was like, what, 400 pounds, and they used to put him in as linebacker? I love that. And running back. Yeah, they just fucking plow through folks. It's great. That guy's awesome. Oh, God, I watched a whole shitload of stuff. I discovered, Joe, you might like this, uh, on Netflix, I don't know if this was a TV show, I know it's not made for Netflix, have you ever heard of a show called The Final 24? Uh, that's popped up on my, on my thing a whole lot lately. Like, it's pretty cool. Suggested I should watch or something. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. It's like a documentary of kind of like culty people's final 24 hours of their life. I think they've got an episode on Belushi. They've got one on Hunter S. Thompson. But I watched one on Keith Moon. Mm-hmm. I know the Who's your favorite band. Fuck yeah. And man, Keith Moon was a crazy son of a bitch. Yeah, he's a madman. And it sucks that, uh, he died the way he did because he was trying to get clean and they gave him pills that he probably shouldn't had. It was pills to make you, I don't remember what they, what they were called, but they were, he was a notorious drunk. Yeah. And he finally found the girl that he loved and he, you know, he, he would always want to go to these parties and all these shindigs and stuff. Everybody was happening because he loved the life, but then everybody expected him to be, you know, yeah yeah and he didn't want to so he started taking all these pills these pills that were prescribed to him that were supposedly they were going to make him uh resist alcohol and it and it worked but he just you know he's keith moon he'd been taking pills fucking forever so you know what worked for him would not work for like a normal man so he ended up fucking od and had like 26 pills it's pretty good uh, they've got one on Sid Vicious that sucks, cause I hate fucking Sid Vicious. Uh, there's a lot of, I think Farley's got one, and Mama Cass has one, but it's only five minutes long, cause she eats a ham sandwich and dies. <laughs> fucking sandwich. Yep. <laughs> fucking sandwich uh, killed her. But that I watch that. always is funny. Always. <laughs> Funnier than when, than the time she was on Scooby-Doo, that's for sure, cause Scooby-Doo sucks. <laughs> Uh, I've watched Hoffa. I love this movie. <laughs> Hoffa is great. It's at the same time brilliantly and pathetically directed by Danny DeVito. And Danny DeVito in this movie, he's like, like DeVito's a fucking great actor. Even he's got to overcome the fact that he's like two foot one. But there are a couple scenes in this movie that are just fucking great. Danny, or yeah, Danny DeVito stage dives off a dock onto Jack Nicholson. And <laughs> yeah. I think, uh. I forgot about that. I think Nicholson in this movie is like the best Nicholson ever. I think he becomes Jimmy Hoffa. And I was watching this and, and dad was over here and he was watching a little bit of it. And dad started telling me stories about how like, cause dad's a teamster and he mm. met Hoffa like in the seventies, I think 79. Uh, the place where he works was on strike and Hoffa came down and this was, you know, it wasn't back in like the days where, you know, the fucking, it'd be war on a picket line, but they were on strike and dad got beat up. Dad got knocked out and he doesn't know who did it. And he, and he, he still doesn't know to this day. And he met Hoffa. He met Hoffa Jr. I love this movie. It's about the union. I think that's fucking great. And, I think the best scene in the movie is where they take the gangster guy out to the hunting, like little hunting trip. 
and they're all talking business, and Davida just sees the deer and looks at the guys, and he looks at the deer, and he looks at the guys, <laughs> and he just blasts the deer, <laughs> and they all freak out. It's fucking hilarious, but it's a good fucking movie. I love those biopics. Like, I love this. I love Cobb. I love those, that, that all that shit. That shit's great. Um, Let's okay. get the guy from Career Opportunities. <laughs> yeah, fucking guns him down at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, also, for the first time ever, since, you know, I don't know why I got on a, a The Who kick, but I did. they're fucking great. Yeah, they're pretty good. This is not, I mean, I don't have a bad word to say about them. That's just not my type of music. Mm-hmm. But they're good. Their stuff is really good. I watched Tommy. Um, I liked it, but I don't think it holds up as well as something like The Wall. Because, man, that dude can't pull off being blind at all. Roger <laughs> pull off. He can't pull off being blind. But there are so many people in that fucking movie that makes that goddamn movie great. Holy shit! Everyone is in Tommy. I think the best is Tina Turner, shaking that ass as the acid queen. Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's awesome. That's pretty great, man. And you know what else she's awesome as? Fucking the chicken Thunderdome. <laughs> Thunderdome. Yep, Thunderdome, baby. I think that the, <laughs> I don't know why, but I have watched the video of just the excerpt of Elton John singing Pinball Wizard from Tommy. Elton John missed his calling. He is the best actor of all fucking time. The faces he makes playing that pinball machine and singing that song are the most amazing, like, facial mugs. It is pretty good, man. He's, like, off. all frustrated that fucking Tommy's kicking his ass and beating yeah. records and everything. It's, it's, it's good, man. It's fucking great. <laughs> oh, man. And another thing I love about The Who is, like, you got Townsend and you got Keith Moon. They're the crazy fuckers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Roger Daltrey is like the, he's like the lead man, sex god guy, real good looking dude. And then you got the bass player who just doesn't do anything, just kind of, especially in Tommy, just kind of stands there and plays awesome bass and has a killer beard. He's just got nothing going on for him. Well, that's why he started wearing that skeleton outfit. Oh, because, did he? Yeah, he. You know, it's a pretty cool outfit, but you're right. He just pretty much stands there and fucking. He's all over that bass. He strums it like he's playing a guitar. But, you know, while Daltrey's fucking running around the stage and, uh, you know, you got the other guy just destroying his guitars. You got Moon back there, just a madman on the fucking drums. He's just standing there doing nothing. He's (laughs) almost like scared of everybody else. Yeah, (laughs) so he needed to do something to get noticed, so he started wearing a skeleton costume. Like, please don't hit me with that guitar, Pete Townsend. (laughs) And I noticed that Pete Townsend always looks like he's about to sneeze, which I thought was pretty crazy. <laughs> oh, God. Tommy was pretty cool. I'm going to go back to that one. I liked it a lot. Um, speaking of shit that I, I liked, uh, I watched The Ghost Dimension, the newest paranormal activity. Dudes, it's kind of good. It, it's really good. It's really kind of fucking awesome. I mean, it's it actually has, like, something really – there's a really cool story structure about it. It's like – this family uh, moves into this home. They find this, uh, like, old-school, on-your-shoulder camcorder that has been all, like, fucked with and modded and decked out. And when they look through this, they can see, like, this other dimension. And the way it plays between that dimension and 
this dimension and the shit that's going on and you can see stuff is really kind of fucking cool. And they find these old tapes that they play and they find out like the stuff they're watching on these old VHS tapes. Uh, the people on it are reacting to stuff that happens in the real world, which is kind of fucking cool. I just fucking liked it. I, I'm a, I was like, wow, you know, all I've seen, I think all these, all this series and they've all been very fucking mediocre. But they added this thing that I thought really worked, and it was kind of cool. And holy cow, there is a chick in this movie that is the hottest chick I think I've ever seen. Um, and Jesus, she got whew, she got uh, that role solely on cleavage and cleavage alone, and she is not afraid to show that shit. And that <laughs> makes it all the fucking better. This chick is smoking. That's and, definitely a selling point. Yeah. I'm going to look up her name right now. Uh, let's see. Uh, do, 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 do. Her name is... That's a different name. Never heard of it. No, her... Okay, okay, here we go. Her name is uh, Olivia Taylor Dudley. She hails from Dudleyville. Um, <laughs> Does she scream, get the tables? Get the tables. She uh, works in the table factory in the twisted steel section of Dudleyville. Is she Big Dick Dudley's kid? <laughs> uh, I hope so. Uh, she's uh, Sign Guy's niece. Um, she's been in the Chernobyl Diaries, Transcendence, Ghost Dimension. Oh, no, she was in the Vatican tape. She's in that Dude Bro Party Massacre 3. I want to see that. It's pretty good. Um, yeah, she's, whoo, goddamn girl is fucking five alarm smoking. She's ridiculous. She's so hot, she should be arrested. Oh, anyway, uh, I started watching The Visit, the new M. Night Shyamalama ping pong movie. Made it 15 minutes in before the, uh, 13 year old white kid started freeform rapping. Guess the twist ending turned it off. Fuck that movie. It was silly and stupid as hell. I don't know how M. Night Shyamalama Ping Pong gets fucking movie funding anymore. Because he's Yui Bull? It pretty much. I can buy that. Uh, it was awful. Didn't watch it all. Didn't need to. Guess the fucking twist. Fuck that movie. He um, did make the greatest superhero movie ever made. Yeah, well, you know what? A broken clock is right two times a day, too. That's <laughs> true. Sun shines on dog's ass every once in a while. Um, Tim, did you watch the latest Evil Dead episode? No, I have not, but I seen, uh, you oh, texted sir. me, and I seen a couple other people said the same thing. They finally got, like I said, the last three episodes with Ash and the, you know, military militant guys, like the National Guard dudes out in the woods, didn't care for those dudes. It seemed like filler. Finally, dude, they got it right. They got to the cabin. The cabin looks like the cabin from Evil Dead 2. Uh, he revisits his girlfriend's skull in the vice, in the work shed, and it fucks with him. Uh, what else happened? Oh, just so many, like, good, it, it brought a tear to my eye, dude. It was so fucking good that they finally got the formula for coke right. And I think all the other shit has... You need to watch that first episode that Raimi did, and then you could just skip to this one, I think, and you'll be okay. Like, all the other stuff is just kind of mediocre compared to now they're at the cabin, and the shit is getting good. It, it, it was... I could accept this as Evil Dead now. 
I had okay. trouble with it before, but now, oh, oh, sir, it was so good. It made it made me cry. It, it made it made me shed a little crocodile tear. Was so happy. You need to see it. I think you'll fucking love it. Uh, I think there are two more episodes to go, and it's only going to get better. Like, I think these last three episodes, you could just should have been a movie. Or I hope they play like that. Let me put it that way. Yeah. Um, last thing I saw, uh, it, it, we're going to get a little spoilery about some Star Wars. So I'm going to give the, the fucking listeners, fans, the, you know, fair warning. I'm Spoil gonna... away, man. Spoilers. Well, didn't you see the, the story about the kid that got beat up in the theater because he was giving away spoilers during the movie? Oh, no, but I'm not surprised. That You know what? Justifiable. Good job to whoever beat the shit out of that kid. You don't fuck around. Theaters need to take a hard stand about people fucking around. I don't know how many times <laughs> you see the preview that says turn your fucking cell phone off. Yeah. Everybody's got their cell phones still on. God damn You should just be. They should take the Alamo draft house fucking route. You get bounced. Bounce them the fuck out of there. Because we had some idiots taping the fucking movie in there. Yep. And not, you got to get. Fuck off with that shit, man. People are trying to watch the movie. And I went Saturday night at like 11.15. It wasn't crowded. It was pretty cool. Uh, the movie is great. I'm not in love with it like everybody else is. It's a fucking great-ass movie. But, you know, let the hype die down. Then watch it again, man. Because I don't think it's as great and grand as everybody says. Yeah. I think that Rilo Ken guy is kind of like a... He's the he's the main bad guy, I guess. He's he's kind of like a weak ass pussy bad guy. I mean, there's they establish that he's trying he's he's on the dark side, but he's still getting pulled toward the light side a little bit, and he still feels like pangs of the light side, you know, trying to take him back. And the force is doing weird shit because it's been dormant for a while, and but. Yeah, the story is pretty cool. Everything feels like old Star Wars, which is great. They nail, like, the sets and the characters and the monsters and everything is is just nailed. Uh, how they come upon Han Solo and Chewie is fucking great. I love that whole scene. Uh, three things, or two things I would have loved to seen happen. This is where we're going to get spoilery. Uh, at the first part, much like in the original Star Wars, there's a piece of information that gets fed to a droid that is uh, being held by Max von Sydow. The droid takes off. Uh, the First Order, which is the, the you know, the Imperials, uh, raid this village. They bring Max von Sydow out to meet the bad guy. And the bad guy strikes him down with a sword. I wish he would have yelled death to Ming before he did that. <laughs> that would have been the greatest fucking thing in the world. Um, and at the very end, like, this piece of information is part of a map leading to where Luke Skywalker is. Because everybody's like, he's been gone so long, we don't even know if he was real to begin with. Is it myth? Legend? He's kind of like the Bigfoot, maybe, a little bit. But uh, this map is part of a map leading to him, so at the end, they put the two maps together, because R2 is in low power mode, I don't know what that means, but uh, he's got half the map, they get the other half of the map back, they put the two maps together like Legos, follow the map to what is obviously Scotland, like they, they film this in like the islands of Scotland, 
Mm-hmm. And they show the girl climbing up, up the fucking, you know, really green, rocky shores of Scotland up this mountain. And she, she's got Luke's saber and she finally sees, like, there's this hooded figure, this white, uh, robed hooded figure and turns around and it's Luke and he looks beat up. Like he has just been through the shit. And that's where the movie ends. Now, a better ending would have been if he turned around and that was the Highlander and then the slow pan to the ground and Luke's corpse been beheaded and Christopher Lambert says there can be only one and that's the best fucking movie ever. <laughs> that's how Star Wars should have ended. I was like, they were climbing up this thing and I look at Josh and I'm like, they're going to go find the fucking Highlander. He's up there. But, you know, everybody's, you know, posting pictures and shit like, oh, this is my third round, second round. I honestly don't feel the need to go back and see this in the theater. I'm going to wait for DVD again. Uh, don't have anything bad to say about it. Everything was pretty good. But I think after the prequels, the bar was set so low, I think everybody would have accepted any kind of new Star Wars. Yeah. What you got was really good. And... You know, but honest to God, it's not the best movie of the year. Mad Max kicks this movie's ass. For what it is, you know, returning to a franchise that has been dormant for a long ass time. Mad Max did it so much better. And I'm not just saying that for, because I'm like a bigger Mad Max fan than I am Star Wars, cause I'm not sure I am. Uh, it's just, I don't know, man. I have watched fucking Fury Road like 15 fucking times and, it, it sticks with you. That's the thing now, man. It's like, it's got to stick with you. The movie does for it to be good. Like Krampus, mm-hmm. I, I liked it, but you know what? I don't know if I could tell you more than five minutes of what happened in that movie. Like, as above, so below, I loved it so much because I kept thinking about it. And, you know, Star Wars, I, I, I still like it. I think about it, but not as much as Fury Road. Yeah. And yeah, that's, that's why Star Wars, you know, it comes recommended, but just, I think the best thing to do is wait a few weeks, man. Let, let everybody fucking calm down because people are just freaking out about, you know, good thing Star Wars is back, but seriously, come on. Your merchandising is, is a fucking ridiculous joke to me. <laughs> I mean, goddamn oranges. Really? Yoda's hawking oranges? Yoda's hawking grapes, man. Dude, all kind of, Yoda's hawking fucking coffee, mate. Yeah, it's just, and I'm glad. No Yoda. I, I'm not a big Yoda fan. No Yoda. They gave Chewie uh, a chance to be fucking badass, and he is. It's, it's fucking all around thumbs up. But the last movie I saw, and Tim, I know you said you saw it, or you, you found it playing somewhere. You're going to watch it. You're taping it. I watched Joe's movie suggestion. For yeah, I, it's I has it. I DVR picked it up today. Well, hold oh. on, hold on a second. Yes. Now, in this Star Wars thing, like oh, this black okay. stormtrooper, that's Han and Leia's son, and fucking Han doesn't realize like, hey, something's <laughs> up here. Like, yes, that's, Lando that's... came and fucked uh, Leia while I was off on. There's no the question control. about whose kid that is. Uh, at one point, they do go to uh, Space Mori Povich to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I was gonna ask, is like, um, did I miss something? <laughs> that would be great. Lando's that kid's dad. Uh, I don't know. And then they what? They made another Death Star. Uh, yeah, it's called Star Killer Base, 
it's like 30 times bigger than the Death. It's a planet, basically, and what it does is... Uh, well, it, how long would it take to make something? I don't know, how, but <laughs> dude, that, I, that's what I told Josh. Of course, you know, it has the one fatal flaw. These Imperials, man, they gotta get some better fucking engineers. <laughs> They're always building shit with that one fatal flaw. There's <laughs> the same shit going on here. I mean, there's it's not a trench battle or anything, but it's pretty pretty damn close. Uh, I've, I've heard it talked to as like a loose remake. It kind of is. It's got its own stuff going on, though. The chick was really good. The black dude's really good. Uh, uh, one bitch I do have is uh, General Phasma. I think her name's General Phasma. She's this awesome uh, chromed-out stormtrooper played by my girl, Brianna Tarth. She gets punched out by Chewbacca. That no fucking, <laughs> no fucking way that happens. She'll take a Chewbacca punch, but she's hitting that son of a bitch back. You don't fucking fuck with my goddamn girl from Game of Thrones. She just gets punched out and, show, and thrown down a garbage chute. I don't care what galaxy you're in or how far, far away you are. Nobody punches out Brianna Tarth without getting punched back. If you, if you are Chewbacca. So I had a real big beef with that. Real fucking mad about that. But yeah, Black Sea, dude. Holy crap. Where was everybody on this movie? Never heard anybody say anything about it except Joe. Yeah, I saw a trailer for it early in the year, and I'd been waiting for it, waiting for it to hit fucking uh, some streaming service, and never did. Finally saw the the fucking DVD out at Walmart, of all places, so pick that shit up, and yeah, go ahead on what you thought about it. Oh, man, I was like, that that movie sticks with you. It is, like, it's fucking intense. That sub shit, like, it's got it in spades. There's no way... To go like the the loose story is guy gets fired from a like naval salvage company. Um, hears from some buddies where they know where some old Nazi gold is in a sub. Uh, you know they turn to this mob guy to get funding. They get funding to get this old raggedy ass, rusted ass thing you would not go out in underneath the water on uh, and go get the gold and then gold fever kind of takes over a little bit. That's a little bit of the plot, but right away, even before they get the fucking gold, man, that shit, ah, dude, that movie like had me nervous. Like it really was getting to me. Like the fucking, they had half Russian, half Britain crew, British crew. And when shit goes down, like the Russians just separate and go to the front of the sub. And then it's like a, kind of like a siege movie and Jude Law is so good and god the whole fucking movie why this has never been mentioned by anybody I have no fucking clue yeah I was gonna say it just it was one of those films that came and gone no one said a word everyone should see this this is a fucking awesome it's got uh there's some scenes where they're on the on the ocean floor like dragging the the gold trying to get it back to the sub that I thought were insanely fucking tense and yeah just how frightened I would be in this. You wouldn't even get me in a fucking sub. No, I mean, that's a death <laughs> can. You're basically getting into a death can. Yeah, there's no fucking way. I was, I was, I was literally sitting on the edge of my couch. Like it was a real Games of Thrones type situation. Oh shit, what's happening here? Yeah. Especially when, like, you know, the guy just kind of the the British guy just kind of ups and knifes the one Russian to death, the translator. For no good reason, and then there's oh man, the twist was great. I didn't, I didn't see the twist coming. Like about you know, well I'm not gonna. Yeah, give it away, no, but, I mean, hmm. this is one of 
it made my best of the year for a reason. I uh, like you. I recommend everybody just watch it, however, whenever you can. Yeah. It, it, had I seen it, it would have been very high on my list too. Um, I'm, I'm going to give this to my dad for Christmas. I know he'll he'll be like, "What's this?" And I'm like, "You just got to trust me and watch just got to watch it. You yeah. got to fucking watch it. It's great." Jude Law is amazing, and he kind of looks like Popeye. Which is, <laughs> you know, a C movie. I don't think you could go wrong. <laughs> But that's all I watch, sirs. So I got no candy diggits other than Jesus Christ Star Wars made five hundred and eighty one million fucking dollars. That's two thirty eight in North America. Unfucking believable. Um let's just get to the questions. Okay. Give me one second. There we go. Uh we got a few here. Uh first one, Rick Fusselman wants to know should there be a horror movie based on the Browns franchise? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no no it'll just put people to sleep man uh, <laughs> put people to sleep on the couch <laughs> Fusselman also he chimes in with another question should they do a sequel to Harry and the Hendersons and would it be John Lithgow living with a Bigfoot family I'd watch it I'd probably watch it, but that area and the Hendersons is part of that 80s like shit that people go crazy for, like Back to the Future and Ghostbusters, that I like those movies, but I am in no way, shape, or form that big of a fan of. Yeah, I was never a fan of that movie, but a couple of years ago, I think it was like two or three years ago, there was a reboot of Harry and the Hendersons being thrown around. And Did just, they get a TV show back in the day? I think they did. But it didn't last long. But mm. just like the movie that was being rebooted, it didn't last long either. I don't really care for John Lithgow, to be honest. You shut me. your mouth, sir. He, to me, is like a poor man's John Malkovich. It's like, eh, we, we can't get John Malkovich because he's off doing a good movie. So. Let's, <laughs> sir, let's just get John to Lithgow. Oh. He'll do it. Let's start to, hey, that's fucking John, John, John Warfin, Lord John Warfin they're talking about. You can go here. I'm going to kick you off the show. He talks bad shit about John Lithgow again. <laughs> I'm fucking out of here. Everything good in the 80s had fucking John Lithgow in it, for Christ's sakes. Uh, the man is a fucking national treasure. Like what? Like Buckaroo Banzai. That's all. He okay, could have done, <laughs> done Lord John Warfin, and I would have been okay. The Manhattan Project's really good. I don't remember that all that well. The kid makes the fucking nuclear bomb like as like a science project, and then he's getting chased down by the government because they figured out like he. Okay, so that's not the one where the idiot in the cruisers guy goes time. No, no, wait, Michael Perry. Have... <laughs> yeah, I might have my movies mixed up. He time travels and sings on the dark side, <laughs> and then turns into a werewolf. Yeah, <laughs> and then is in like the fifties. <laughs> Joe, you know who would know? Who's that? The Nerdist. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> All right, I'm, uh, I, uh, I got Lithgow pulled up. Uh, how about The Day After? How about Twilight Zone the movie? Okay. How about uh, The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai? Um, he's in Santa Claus the movie. The Manhattan Project. That's the one I was thinking of. Not, With yeah. Dudley Moore? Fuck that movie. Yeah. Dude, he tries to he tries to fucking put glass in in fucking like toy bears and gives it to kids. It's great. Harry the Hendersons. Oh man, this guy's a ricochet for Christ's sakes. Raising Cain. 
<laughs> Ricochet's fucking ridiculous. Dude, I Ricochet love it. Like this was in Buckaroo Banzai. Oh, no, that's where I discovered the greatness that is John Lith. I wouldn't call it greatness. Oh, man, Cliffhanger? He's great in Cliffhanger? Um, I don't think I've yeah. seen that one. No, you oh, don't need to. Uh, I didn't see that or Daylight or whatever the other one. Oh, uh, Daylight's, you can, you know, Dan Hill Harris is in that. Fuck, fuck that movie. I'm not gonna, uh, I'm, I'm done, I'm done arguing about John Lithgow. Oh, he's a good, he's great, he's a great man. Blacks are on this planet! Here! In New Jersey! Coming to destroy us! We must act! Escape! Or die! Okay, James Peter Cox wants to know, Silent Night, Deadly Night has an actor named Mulder in the credits. Silent Night, Deadly Night 3 has an actress named Scully in the credits. Coincidence? Or is it a Chris, is Chris Carter a secret Silent Night, Deadly Night fan? Do you think we ought to be told? Yes, we should. Cause I think he is. Yeah, there is no coincidence as, as uh, Mulder would, would probably say. Yep. I am shocked that Tim Gross did not discover this fact. I did not know it. I, I have never really watched the credits of Silent Night, Deadly Night. <laughs> oh, you didn't study that shit? John Lithgow was in it, man. Oh, fuck John Lithgow. That movie, see, that movie would have sucked if he was in it. <laughs> <laughs> John that Lithgow. Much John Lithgow, talk about Garbage Day. Oh, anyhow, Rick Fusselman chimes in and wants to know if you made a slasher movie, what would their mask be? I've got this. This is what we're doing, Joe. <laughs> we're going to take Weldy Walderface and Bobby Boxhead from the Trailer Park Boys <laughs> and fucking put them in a slasher movie. Uh, I think I'd make a mask out of the wrapping, uh, the wrappers for uh, tamales. Have either, space. have either of you seen Rick's uh, movie slashing prices? No, no, I, no. This is I don't know about this. Ah, uh, do you need to ask him to get Yins a copy? This was, I think, this is his last project before he did uh, the ill-fated Legend of uh, Bernie, Legend of Blood Forest, that never got finished. Got incest Bernie in it. Yeah, I wasn't. Well, I wasn't Incest Bernie. I was looking for Incest Bernie <laughs> in the movie because I'm in. I'm supposed to be in the beginning where I'm like, I can smell rape in the air. 
<laughs> smell like potatoes. Uh, but anyhow, uh, Rick made a movie called Slashing Prices, where literally the killer, which is Rick, has a plastic bag with a hole cut out of it on his head. <laughs> That's great. And I believe he shot it in one of the video stores he worked in. Oh, we need that for just, like, research material. Yes. yes. Maybe Crackhead Lawrence Taylor's in there somewhere. <laughs> I have the movie. I'm surprised he didn't try to put this out there more. But, yeah, i got to ask him about it. Uh, Steve Benningfield wants to know, why is Rick not in Jagoff Massacre 2? Um, because he's not doesn't he's not a yinzer rick rick's not you yeah, that's cred to get in jackoff mask jackoff massacre yeah apparently <laughs> jackoff massacre 2 is taking a life of its own <laughs> that dan and i have nothing to do with uh bryce wants to know how many razors would it take to shave tim gross's entire body damn good luck with that man I could tell you right now, those special four blade, whatever things that cost like fifteen bucks for one of them ain't gonna do you. <laughs> it would take one, Razor Ramon. Razor, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yo, <laughs> Chico. <laughs> See him showing up at Tim's door. My name, Razor Ramon. Well, it takes him a lot longer to say that now that he's all fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> Poor man, I feel bad for that dude. I do too. He might knock on my door and ask me if I'm for WCW. Are you with the NWO? <laughs> he wants to have another ladder match. <laughs> hey, I can't put him down. He was in the greatest match in WWF history. Which is? The ladder match with Shawn Michaels. It is a good, it is a good ladder match. Oh man, that was an amazing match. Yeah, that, that was a good match. Uh, Bryce wants to know, what is the worst Christmas present that you have ever gotten? I got spam once. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Dude, I got Christmas spam once. I think it still might be in my cabinet. It was like years and years ago. It's still good, I'm sure. I ain't eating it. It's just my Christmas spam. Socks and underwear suck too. Everybody's got those. Oh fuck! Yeah. I, I'd take socks and underwear now, easily. <laughs> uh, now uh, check this out. When I was like in first or second grade, uh, my grandmother used to sew a lot, so she would always sew like shirts for me, like button-up shirts with the collars and shit and the pockets. Mm. And but you know, a lot of the time they were just shirts. But sometimes she would just throw out some crazy-ass material that she'd find. I don't know. I'm fucking clearance, and she made me one out of a. Uh, Welcome back, Cotter, like comic strip material. Awesome. Yeah, now, but back then it was like it's fucking embarrassing as shit to wear. <laughs> I mean, I would kill for that shirt now, but at the time it was like so fucking horrendous. As an awful gift, Grandma. I mean, man, sorry. <laughs> I don't know. That sounds pretty fucking cool. <laughs> I'll see if I can find a a picture of what the material looked like, and just imagine a shirt. Like that with the fucking collar and everything. Man, welcome back, Cotter's the shit. <laughs> yeah, it had the characters saying, you know, like up your nose with a rubber hose. Rose. It had the fucking, had the fucking principal on there. <laughs> God, I hated that shirt. Did your mom make you wear it to her house? Just I made like me that. wear it to school. Oh man, 
Yeah, I got all kinds of shit. Damn, you predated, like, hipsters by years. <laughs> hipsters would fucking blow you for a shirt like that now, man. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. would. What about you, Tim? What's what's shitty Tim gross Christmas present? I would say it was probably socks. It was from my dad's second wife who was over his house Christmas Eve night. This is when I was a kid, and... One of the reasons my dad and I didn't get along for quite a while, and before he died, we got, you know, we made amends long before that, but his wife, literally, I got three packages of socks, and I was just like, I kept picking up a present, I was like, socks? She's like, how did you know? I'm like, it feels like socks. Oh, yeah, you can... And and I'm sitting there, three in a row... What did she get? Because at the time, she had a kid who's like three years older than me. What did she get him? Golf clubs and a golf bag for like 450 bucks, something like that. And then I had three packages of socks. <laughs> I was just like, you're fucking kidding me, right? <laughs> really? It's like, you're fucking kidding me. It's fucking terrible, Mom. But, on, uh, yeah, it, well... Not my mom. Yeah, I know. Um, she didn't have the thing on the VH. Just like, yeah, my my real mom now, in that same thing, with the socks, uh, <laughs> my brother and I <laughs> would drive her nuts. Not when we were kids. When we were adults, we'd drive her even beyond, more nuts. Because if the packages look together, we just, we'll throw them to each other. And have our, uh, our you know, if, if we know their socks or something else, I'll throw it to them. Be like, Tom. Here you go. This is for you. And we'll have my name on it. Be like, what is it? Socks. I'm like, it's a TV, man. <laughs> we'll fuck with her for like 10 minutes. Just open up the fucking socks. Why didn't you tell us what it was? We want to be surprised. <laughs> we fuck with her bad about that. Because I've even told the story about how we used to go down on Christmas Eve all drunk and, <laughs> and tell her Santa Claus is not allowed to come until we... Watch <laughs> <face> the death. <laughs> <laughs> until, we, until we come home and go to sleep, even after we moved out, we would show up at her house Christmas Eve and scared the bejesus out of She'd think people breaking in her house. They're trying to get that copy of the thing on the VH, man. Oh, dude, we uh, we messed with her horribly. It's still fun. <laughs> but yeah, it's about the worst Christmas present. Yeah, because it was just three packages of socks, and it was just like I know the best Christmas present yeah. I ever got was a case of Mountain Dew and Monty Python and the Holy Grail on VH. Nice. That was pretty goddamn awesome. I know my brother what was a couple of Christmases ago. He just shows up at my house because he wasn't at my mom's. He just shows up. He has a bow on a case of Yingling. He goes, "Here you go." Hey, and that's a- happening. I was yeah. like, "Awesome." Yep. <laughs> yeah, that works, man. Fuck yep. That. I was like, that's great. Okay, Bryce wants to know if someone less than four foot came up to your to you covered by a sheet, how would you tell if they were a child or a midget? I'd probably think it's E. T. and just drop kick the fuck out of him. <laughs> I'd put E. T. in the in the STF and break his little tiny neck. <laughs> I don't like E.T. either. I never did as a kid. First off, I'd wonder why in the fuck is this person with a sheet on <laughs> Fucking E.T.'s in the clan. Yeah. I'd probably have the same reaction as when I saw Bryce in the Annabelle mask at, at Wasteland. He just came up to me and stared at me. I'm like, hey, Bryce, what's up? I'd be like, what are you doing under that sheet, Bryce? I would fucking heart punch that person. <laughs> 
<laughs> you put him in a crucifix powerbomb and yell, hey, Chico. <laughs> uh, Dano chimes in. He wants to know, it was announced Mask, Micronauts, and some other Kenner toys are joining a shared universe film franchise with G.I. Joe. No, they're not. Much like Star Wars, Marvel, DC, and even Universal Monsters are doing. If it was announced tomorrow, Disney bought the rights to four horror franchises to make new movies that share a universe and end in a movie where they all team up. What four horror properties would you want to see interact? Well, well, first of all, I did see the the story he's talking about the, you know, the Micronauts and Rom, which the I thought fuck they were is Micronauts, man. I don't I I don't remember that at all. And I'm an '80s kid. Is that like it was a it was a toy line in the in the mid '70s, late '70s, and was they had a really cartoon? it was a comic book. They had a fucking amazing comic book, and hmm. I recommend that shit to just about anybody. This sounds but, like a fucking like Fantastic Voyage type deal. They shrink down or something. Well, they're from a, like, microcosmic universe, and, like, they came to Earth, so they were just, like, little people or whatever. I mean, it, it's a lot better than it sounds. Okay. And the toys at the time were real cool. Uh, Rom, too, he started out as a toy. They, they, some toy company had licensing agreement with, with Marvel. It's like, hey, we want you guys to, to make, make comics based on these toys we're putting out, and the comics lasted a lot longer than the toys. And Rom, also, same writer, same writer as uh, Micronauts. Uh, really, really good comic. The toy was just kind of shitty. I remember a buddy of mine had it, and it was, like, not very poseable. I don't remember ROM at all. Yeah, but I just don't see them not even sustaining their own mu- movies, much less being uh-huh. in a fucking shared mm. universe. Yeah. No, this is, they're grasping. I think this is made up. They're grasping at straws here, man. This is too obscure. And you know, they're trying to do that with the fucking Universal Monsters, and you've had your Frankenstein movie that's still in the theaters, but ain't nobody fucking seeing it. See, but the thing is, people will go see that all the time, no matter what. That always has an audience, but ROM and fucking Micronaut Mask, that doesn't have a fucking audience. I knew what Mask was, I didn't know what the other two were. Mask was actually pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah, I just, yeah, with the I, flying I cars that, and everything. You know. Yeah. But, but then again, like studios, they make acquisitions like this all the time and never do shit with them. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. I would, I would bet the farm you never see movie one out of this. Yeah. 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 Yeah, It's just not going to happen. Yeah. Like the fucking shared franchises is working for one, one group of dudes and that's it. And that's Marvel. Yeah. And I can't, I just can't see Paramount like selling rights to, uh, Jason. I, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Dimension doesn't want to let go of Hellraiser no matter how big of a fat pinhead <laughs> they're going to have. I mean, it just, look how, look how much trouble it was just trying to get a Freddy versus Jason movie off the ground. I'm still shocked that made as much as it did. I had no idea. Yeah, I, I loved that movie. It was great. I, it just, the story behind it's even better though. Mm-hmm. It's just all involved. It's kind of like a death of Superman thing. Mm-hmm. But it just, I can't see A, Disney wanting to buy horror franchises, and B, anybody trying to give it up to give it to Disney. Right. But I would like to see Dr. Giggles meets the Spookies meets uh, Treasure of the Four Crowns meets the Tremors. <laughs> 
Uh, Bryce Katzman says Ed Quinlan. Eight. That's, that's my <laughs> response to him. Uh, Rick Fusselman wants to know, when will the episode I was on be up? And when am I allowed to come back on? Anytime you want, sir. Anytime you want. And uh, that, you know, fuck that first question because by the time you hear the answer to this, it's up already. Because so. <laughs> he wants the Robert Cop toy that I posted. <laughs> <laughs> Robert Cop. Fuck that! I want those. I want those. Welcome back, Cotter pillows. That's awesome <laughs> shit, man. Did you see the black man? The black man uh, book bag. <laughs> <laughs> you wear that in the wrong neighborhood in Indiana, you're probably gonna get shot. And um, black man loves school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and for our last question, Brendan Keating. He wants to know, will Jesse Eisenberg star in the inevitable Spookies reimagining? Oh, God, no, because I'm, I'm going to be involved in that. I've already scouted uh, the location when I was on vacation in South Carolina. There's an awesome Spookies-type place. I think I have a picture of it somewhere. No, that guy's not he's, – he's just fucking terrible, man. He can only play like a, a teenager, and that's it, because he looks horrible, as I said, as Lex Luthor. Well, if he uh, is, you know, if he does get a role, you'll hear about it first on the Nerdist. (laughs) You'll hear about it there, but I would have posted it 15 minutes beforehand. (laughs) Just didn't hear about that one. Fucking Nerdist. I'm not going to get mad about him this week. I'm not doing it. (laughs) That's your Mothra. I have kicked them off. I've kicked them off my fucking Facebook thing. I don't need to know know that. You're just rehashing shit. Everyone already knows, but you know, you got, I'm not, I'm done. Can't talk about it no more. <laughs> got any more questions, Tim? That is it on the questions, sir. That's it. Uh, let's take a break and when we get back, we're going to talk about, I guess, time after time. Sure. I'll be the first one, so we'll be right back. What is it that you fear the most? Is it the dark or is it something that waits in the dark? Something so perfect in its evil that it has remained unchanged since the beginning of time. Something that has no fear of man. Something out there waiting for the light to fade. Nightwing. Let Chief find out what bled your animal to death. Made bite marks no one's ever seen and left a stink of ammonia. I filled the sky. It was like the end of the world. And each species of life gives something in return for its own existence. All but one. A freak. The vampire bat alone is that species. Retrospective, the guy's done too much shit to. Yeah, he's 
just done so much. Well, get on, you're on his IMDb page, aren't you, Tim? Read off some, yeah. read off, cause he's like genre dude. Okay, um, I went back a little bit here. Okay, let me make sure so we can start from the beginning. Like, it, like Joe was saying earlier, uh, from Beyond the Grave was really like kind of like his first horror movie that you catch up with, even though he's in a movie called Straw Dogs. Oh but, yeah, that's a fucking good one. Watch that. Yeah, he's, he's like barely, he's, barely in that. Yeah, movie. I was gonna say he's uncredited, and there's always been like an argument about that when people have brought up his first horror movie, but. Yeah, from from Beyond the Grave, The Omen, um, just tons of TV and a bunch of uh, other drama movies that we know, like Concord Airport 79, Nightwing, and then we start getting into stuff we know, Time After Time, The Island, Time Bandits, Tron, The Man with Two Brains. No, that's one I've never seen. Never seen it. Yeah, just stuff like that. And then, of course, more TV during uh, during the 80s. But he, then he does a movie, I think, which to me uh, helped, like, how to put it, basically just kind of tie in generations of horror fans. And that was Waxwork. Mm-hmm. Waxwork seemed to be that middle ground. Younger generation and older generation. It seemed, here's David Warner. Cool, creepy ass dude. Uh, then, out creeps a fucking midget. A creepy <laughs> man. He out creeps him. It's great. He does the Pulse Pounders Evil Clergyman, where he's with uh, Jeffrey Combs and Barbara Crampton in that. Doesn't get released until last year. Then he really crosses into the mainstream when he does Star Trek V, The front, Final Frontier. Uh, I think that was the... Like, the first time I noticed him in something that, like, everybody knew about. So I, I just really felt like he was crossed into the, me- the mainstream at, at, the, at that time. Uh, he was on the Twin Peaks TV series for a couple episodes. Uh, he was in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Part 2, Kyle's favorite movie. Yeah. Uh, Star Trek Sixth Undiscovered Country. Which uh, is, should be noted that he plays a Klingon in five. And in yeah. six, he's like a kind of like a like a, a separatist. Yeah, he's like a chancellor or something. Yeah, yeah, he's Chancellor Gorkon. And let's not forget, Christopher Lloyd was a Klingon, I think, in three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, guys, it, actors did these things, and it was pretty yeah. cool. He killed Kirk's son, the motherfucker. Yep. Uh, gets un- he's also an unnameable two. The statement of Randolph Carter. The same year he does a episode of Captain Planet and the Planet Tears. <laughs> does an episode of Tales from the Crypt. Uh, does the Lost World. Then again, a the ton, Lost World. Ton, ton of yeah. Going back, yeah, a movie called The Lost World. Of course, it stars John Reese Davies. That's a made-for-TV thing, right? Yeah. It's yeah, it's based on a Arthur Conan Doyle novel. Yeah, I think I've yeah. seen that. And it I threw me off with it. the Jurassic Park thing. I was like, yeah, I don't know. I was just making sure because I was like, he ain't in that. Uh, he shows up as a doctor in Body Bags, which was cool. Yep, shows shows up as a doctor again in Necronomicon, Book of the Dead. Uh, he's in a movie that I still want to see, Inner Sanctum Two. He's in In the Mouth of Madness. He shows up in Ice Cream Man. 
Joe told you all about Batman and he even showed up in Iron Man and Gargoyles. And then gets then he has the prize of his acting career, Beastmaster Three, the Eye of Braxis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> Uh, just, and like I say, he got, I mean, we're talking everything from Pooh's Grand Adventure, The Search of Christopher Robin to Titanic, uh, Scream oh, 2. Oh, he was in that. Yeah, to, uh, the syndicated series Total Recall 2070. Uh, he just, you name it, he was in it. And again, like he's in the Star Trek video game. Uh, it just goes on and on. Like I said, his, I think his uh, credits are over 210. Yeah, I, th- I forgot he was in the. He was a voice in the original Fallout. Yeah, yeah in Fallout, it, the greatest video game ever made. It's and pretty he good. Was part of that. First even, one. Yeah, he's even in Penny Dreadful TV series for something that a lot of people know about. Yeah. Two episodes, not a big role, but uh, <laughs> I recommend it. I, re- I recommend that show entirely. And. Uh, the thing about him is he never half-asses anything. No. If he's mm-hmm. on there, he's going to do the work, and he's yep. going to do it to the best of his ability. He I is, love actors like that. He's anti-Malcolm McDowell. Yeah. He's anti-Paycheck, Captain Paycheck. And and he's one of those dudes, he's just got that face, you're like, he'll pop up in something, and you're like, oh man, that dude, I love that guy, and you won't know who it is. That's how I first fucking found him. I was like, oh, I've seen this guy. He was the bad guy in Tron. Holy shit, now he's playing evil in Time Bandits. I love this man. He just is, if it wasn't for Donald Pleasance, this guy is my British horror actor go-to guy. Yeah. I, wa- I literally will watch anything this man's in. And we should say that uh, he was originally cast as Freddy Krueger, which always, you know, in a galaxy far, far away, in another parallel dimension, I'd like to see that. Yeah, that would have been very interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, he, uh, there's, you know, he went in for makeup tests and stuff. I think the story is like, uh, it fucked his skin up and he, he couldn't do it because he couldn't handle the fucking latex and stuff. And also, I don't think they were really too hip on him being Freddy Krueger because he was, you know, it made him, like, they didn't want an old, old Freddy Krueger. Yeah, I remember, I remember seeing that. I remember that whole thing. And it's weird because you get to hear stories like that. It's kind of like the Donald Pleasance, like you got to hear uh, Christopher Lee was up to be Dr. Loomis. Yeah, like this guy, if he put, if he, he could literally go on the road and just talk about his career for four hours. He could do a Kevin Smith type thing and it would be the most interesting thing ever. I would love to see something like that. I'd buy a yeah, ticket for that. Yeah, yeah, because because I was gonna say, like you said, just everything he's done between television, plays, um, movies, just everything, the paths that have crossed David Warner, he's worked with basically every unknown to every known person for the past forty some years now. Mm-hmm. It's just ridiculous, even longer. And it doesn't seem like. He's motivated by money. Yep. If he likes the role, he's going to do it. Yeah, he seems one of the few actors or actresses that, uh, looking at his IMDb page, that is for as much work as he does, he it's not so much, uh, hey, you're going to get $10 million for this movie. It's, am I going to like myself doing this role? Mm-hmm. And it's just, he, he is a true actor, one of the few. Mm-hmm. 
And and how old is he? He's he was born in forty one, I believe it said. Yeah, I know he does conventions like rarely, but he does them. Yes. So he he does like one or two a year. Yeah, if, I, I had the chance to go to the whorehound he was at, but <clears throat> I did, that was my anti when I was on my anti whorehound stake, mm. and it was like, yeah, I want to go because they have David Warner and Larry Drake, you know, in the same fucking thing. I wanted to meet him, but nope, I didn't. But anyway. Uh, we're talking about time after time. My name is H.G. Wells. I came here in a time machine of my own construction. I'm pursuing Jack the Ripper, who escaped into the future in my machine. A brilliant scientist, a criminal genius, a delightful romance, and a daring chase across time. The most exciting, mysterious, and challenging dimension of all. Time after time, rated PG. It'll be your time soon. Watch for it at a theater near you. Yeah, Time After Time, uh, David Warner in Time After Time, unbeknownst to the viewer for a little bit in the movie, he is a character named Stevenson who actually happens to be Jack the Ripper. And basically, Malcolm McDowell plays H.G. Wells, who... Captain Paycheck. Yes, but this is before he was Captain yeah, Paycheck. Captain Paycheck. Uh, yeah, because I was going to say, McDowell was awesome in this film. Uh-huh. And what's very interesting, it's a take on Jack the Ripper basically in the 20th century and basically wells pursues jack the ripper in a time machine uh to escape his time period and there's just this really interesting conversation in the middle of the movie where jack the ripper doesn't want to go back but wells does malcolm mcdowell's character he wants to go back and uh jack the ripper basically explains to him you know we're friends let's let me show you something, you know, instead of trying to kill each other or whatever. And he shows what's going on in 1979, you know. He's showing them television, you know, what's been going on, the wars and everything else. And Wells believed by then it'd be a peaceful planet and everybody would be uh, – there wouldn't be disease and everything like that. And – Jack the Ripper is basically shown you're completely wrong. And the reason he does not want to go back to his time is he fits in. He's finally somewhere where he fits in. Yeah. And he feels like he's a part of society. Like he can do whatever he feels like doing and nobody would think twice about it. Him being Jack the Ripper in the 20th century. It's an interesting take. It's a really cool scene. Um, it's a very decent movie. Yeah, it is dated. Uh, 79, but it's a fun movie. If you just put aside of when it was made, um, it, it's like a, kind of a, a venture, not so much a thriller, but more of like just Wells, like Malcolm McDowell's character is chasing Jack the Ripper and just trying to take him back to the time they're from. And it, it's just a fun, cool science fiction flick. It's a just enjoyable flick. And like I said, this is before we talk about Malcolm McDowell being Captain Paycheck. Warner. I say that just, you know, I don't. Yeah, no, I, I know where you're coming from. Yeah. I, I, the same could be said about Tony Todd, as much as I love that dude. Yeah. Same could be said about him. But for this movie, I thought, A, Warner played in an exceptional Jack the Ripper. I thought it was perfect, especially for 1979. But also, too, on that same note, Malcolm McDowell played a brilliant Wells character. The only other person I thought that could have been in this movie in 
would have maybe made a good uh, character to play H.G. Wells was Rod, uh, Roddy McDowell. Yeah, Roddy. I McDowell. was thinking the same fucking he is thing. He's the only other one I thought I could have pulled off. But this is before Malcolm McDowell really just. He went off the deep end with some of his movie choices during the 80s. This was before Alex. Like that. Yeah, he, yeah, he just, he went out of nowhere, but it's just, what this movie shows off is to David Warner's, uh, range of, uh, just acting ability, I thought. It's a fun movie, and basically that's all it is. It's a, ch- you know, chase, it's a chase movie. It's a chase scene, basically, Wells is just trying to chase down Jack the Ripper and take him back and have him arrested. Is the whole premise of the film. It's well worth checking out. Like I said, it is dated, and yeah, there's a lot of stuff in there you can point to of how dated it is, make fun of it or whatnot, but I think that doesn't take away from how good the movie actually is. It's a fun, very good movie. It's well worth spending two hours sitting down and rewatching it. I was glad uh, this was one of the movies we were talking about. I, I've been wanting to rewatch this movie because I haven't seen it in quite a while. Definitely, I think it's one of the best takes on Jack the Ripper. I enjoyed it. Uh, what did you guys think of it? Because I believe I gave it three stars. I I like it, I think, more than you. I think this movie's fucking great. Uh, the first time I ever heard about this about this movie, I remember seeing the box in the video store. It's got real, I mean, it's kind of cool poster art, but it's really like, the, you know, it doesn't tell you anything about, you know, what's going on in the movie. I didn't know. This was in my sci-fi section, never rented it. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, this is one of those movies. No one ever talks uh, about this. Yeah, enough, there wasn't a big enough description in this, and basically you put it off as just another horrible Jack the Ripper movie. Like, there's a lot. Well, you look at that poster and you don't even, you don't, you know, it doesn't say anything about Jack the Ripper. Yeah, there's, there's nothing on there that makes you wanna jump out and rent that movie, especially back in the day when it came out. Mm Mm-hmm. I think it's ahead of its time. I don't think it's – it's only dated because of the outside shots in San Francisco. That's the only thing that dates this movie. And, the, well, the fashion, you know, they're wearing some pretty badass ascots and shit. Um, but, you know, hey, I, I think this movie's fucking great. David Warner's is – you know, you're you're with him before you know he's Jack the Ripper. Yes. Back in the yeah. past. And, I, and I like that because yeah. they don't – they don't, like – they they're, don't – they show that kind of thing where he has a relationship with them. They're friends. Yeah, they, they really share a Magneto Professor X type. Of yes, thing. yes, and it's really cool, and I really like that being in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the scene uh, that you mentioned, that's definitely the most powerful scene in the movie, uh, just where he flips on the TV and just starts flipping through all the channels, and it's like, man, that's that was his dream as opposed to Wells' dream, it's like, yeah, I'm not going back. You know, this is this is it. This is what I've always wanted. I, I, that scene has always stayed with me. It's, uh, a, it's a scene that you wouldn't expect in that type of film. This is just my opinion, Joe. But I just felt like that scene is much bigger than that film ever was. Because yeah. it, it was like a statement on what was going on in society at that time in the late 70s. And I don't think enough people give it the credit that's due that basically it came out and basically said, we're all fucked. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, it's got some comedic moments too, like when the Wells is acclimating to the future and goes and eats at McDonald's or or whatever. <laughs> That's pretty funny. But uh, I don't like Mary Steenburgen. I have never I, liked her. You know, I'm with you. I'm with you there. You know, I don't like uh, the ending where she says, "I'm going to change my name to Susan B. Anthony" or something like that. It's just like, yeah, whatever. Fuck her. Yeah, like I said, I think this movie's ahead of its time. They're doing shit like this now. I mean, we were talking. Yeah, this is basically like what? This would probably be the first mashup. Wouldn't you say? Or, or a really early example of a fucking mashup. You know, besides like Godzilla versus King Kong or something. Yeah, like I see where you're going with on you that. Know, they're doing like Freddy versus Jason's now and the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. And this is very much in, in that league of type stuff. Yeah. And this movie is fucking smart. It's just, it's weird to me. Like this is a. This is an A-plus movie uh, wrapped in a B-plus package. It deserves way more, like, this is like, I believe this is a classic sci-fi. In the in the vein, like Joe talks about all the time, this is good sci-fi. You don't have, uh, you know, spaceships or fucking teleportation or shit in here. It's just this really cool fucking story. Well, you kind of have time travel, teleportation, whatever. But you know, it doesn't go Star Wars with it. It's it's just fucking great, man. The the acting, David Warner's the best. He's the best. You're the best, David Warner. Anyway, that's all I got to say about it. It's it's a five star movie. I honestly would give this five fucking stars. It's one that goes under the radar that you should see. Yeah. I don't know if the soundtrack has ever been pressed on the vinyl or whatever, but I would love to have the soundtrack. I remember liking the music a whole lot. Uh, it's the same guy that did the music for like big biblical movies like uh, Ben Hur and El Cid. So Is I don't it remember that his Bible name. Is dude? Or I don't know. I think it's guy that did Nic- Conan. Nicolas something or other. Um, but yeah, the music in it's it's really really good. I'm looking. I can't. I. I don't. I don't. I don't see it. It's. Is this a blue? Is this on Blu-ray, Tim? Time after time, yeah. I do not believe it is. It's barely on DVD. Yeah, I, I was gonna say it's barely on DVD, but there is a DVD out there. It wasn't special or anything like that. Who wrote it or who directed it? Was it Nicholas Meyer? Yes. Yeah. Okay, and he, I think, wrote uh, another. He wrote a Sherlock Holmes movie. Like called the Seven Percent Solution, not a movie. Well, shit, it was made into a movie. Yeah. Uh, it's a, well, it's a novel. Yeah, yeah. That was made into a movie. Yeah, I was gonna say he has a novel starring. 7% yeah, solution. but he also wrote one of the Star Trek movies that uh, David Warner's in. I don't know if it's yeah, Undiscovered Country un- or Final. He has, he's uncredited for the screenplay of Wrath of Khan. He wrote the screenplay for The Voyage Home, Undiscovered Country. That's pretty much it. He did write the screenplay for The Human Stain. The Human Stain? Yeah. <laughs> what, you, you say that like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> what is it, that? It's like a popular movie out there that people were holding on to. Anthony Hopkins, I believe, is in it. The Human Stain. I fucking yeah. have to check that out. 2003. I've never heard of that. <laughs> that sounds like a D-list Marvel bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there you go. Yeah, so anybody got anything more to say about Time After Time? Go uh, watch it if you haven't. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm sure Joe uh, 
you know, the Nerdist is out there listening. I'm sure they're going to contact Mondo and they're going <laughs> to shit this out on vinyl in three weeks. So yeah, and have some limited edition posters that look like shit. Yeah, that is a bad fucking poster. Always, Blurry Man's always got this for sale too, and I'm like, man, if Mond, I don't like Mondo, but if if they could ever, you know, take back a poster and put theirs as the original poster, I wish it would be this because it's pretty bad. Anyway, let's talk about some fucking time bandits. Or unless, Joe, you want to talk about... Let's talk about Waxwork. Welcome to the Waxwork. It looks a little spooky, boys. Do you think we should do this? Welcome to an exhibit in fear where every picture tells a horror story. And this is killer. Oh, scary. If those guys are Waxworks, they've definitely improved them since I was a kid. Gremlin star Zach Galligan invites you to join him in a comedy of terrors with Deborah Foreman of My Chauffeur, Miles O'Keefe of Tarzan, Blame It on Rio's Michelle Johnson, and David Warner from Time After Time, plus the special effects of Bob Keane, the effects master of Aliens and Hellraiser. Come inside the Wax Museum. Oh, this is wonderful. Look. Enjoy. Wow, the glasses from Nutty Zombies from Hell. Lose yourself in it. Would you like a closer look? Really? But whatever you do, don't step over the rope. Welcome, my dear. We thought you were too tired to join us. All right, I'm hypnotized. Hey, not so fast. Ah! Relax! A cup of coffee, we'll talk about it. I want out of here, Sarah. I'm serious. Can I scare do I get a pretty woman in my illusion? No. No, I get a dick. It isn't real. Bravo. What the hell did you kill him for? He'd have been perfect. Live, my children. Waxwork from Vestron Video, available in both R-rated and completely uncensored versions. More fun than a barrel of mummies. All right, Waxworks. Uh, I'm sure everybody listening to this show has seen Waxworks. No, people haven't, Joe. I talk to people constantly, and really? there is there is a lot of horror movie fans out there. When I mention this film, they look at me like I'm crazy. I, You know what? That's not surprising because I remember seeing trailers for this uh, ahead of Friday the 13th Part 7 because I used to rent that all the time. That's my favorite fucking Jason movie ever. The New Blood. And, and I could – like our video stores did not have this. And I remember when I had my license, I went four towns over to rent this. And it, I, this is really hard to find. I, I was going to say, I, 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 I don't believe I ever seen a trailer for it, but I found it sitting there at the video store one day. It showed up because I was there every week, and it showed up one day when I was renting horror movies, and I was like, I'm looking at it, I'm like, oh, I'm renting Waxwork. It looks good. <laughs> and that was how I found it. Oh, Since, uh, well, I guess... 
plot-wise, it, it's kind of a like a weird big mashup of a high school comedy, a horror film, and a self-referential film, like yes. uh, mm-hmm. about the about horror films, but more so about uh, the classic horror characters. Yeah, and it's a uh, it's a movie about a group of of uh, high school friends that go and check out this uh, wax museum and. One of the characters, the main character, uh, Zach, what's his last name? Gilligan. Zach Gilligan. Yeah, okay. I always fuck that up too, Joe. Don't worry. Yeah. Gilligan. Okay. Gilligan. He, uh, he starts to recognize some of the, some of the people's faces in the, in, that are used, uh, for the Wax Museum characters. So, does some research and finds out that, like, they look just like some, some old murder victims. And he's got a connection to it. Uh, it's been a while since I seen it. It was at his uh, what is his grandfather like yeah. like inspecting what it was, was like going an Indiana on. Jones type dude. His, his grandfather yeah. was yeah, and uh, I'm fucking this all up. But no, uh, you're fucked. Has yeah. a great cast. Hey, you're not gonna do any worse than me. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah, uh, like a lot of the dis- displays, like I said, they are from from characters uh, like Dracula, the Phantom of the Opera. Uh, Marquis de Sade, and some of the displays, if you cross the rope, that's why I tell people don't cross that fucking rope. The velvet rope is there for a reason. This is the reason. <laughs> if if you cross that rope, you may be transported into another dimension where those waxworks come to life. Those are like the real scenes, you know. If you're like, uh, get into the Marquis de Sade. You're wax- fucked. <laughs> yeah, you're fucked. Literally, they're gonna like string you up, rape you. Uh, whip you. It doesn't go that far, but there is some whipping going on. Yeah. Um, uh, listen, I, I got to say the 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 two women in there, uh, Michelle Johnson's one of them. I just and, looked at her. Holy shit, she's fine. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember the other one's name. Deborah, Deborah Foreman. Foreman. Deborah Foreman. She was in April Fool's Day. She's yeah. in a she's everything. In a, yeah, she's in quite a few horror films. Yeah, both very very attractive women. She's in yeah. Grizzly too. Yep. Yes, she is. Uh, and David Warner is the—he's the owner of the museum. And what he's done is collected artifacts from like some of the most evil people that have ever lived. And those are the people that are that are on display in the museum because he's made some deal with the devil. I don't exactly remember why, <laughs> what he was trying to accomplish. He's Maybe. just doing David Warner stuff. Yeah. yeah. Immortality, killing people, and displaying waxworks. He traps their didn't he trap their souls in the in the fucking like you know displays and shit. Yeah, they become part of the display, and that's the point. Is eventually that's his goal is to add on to his waxwork, and yeah. he's been doing this for many years. In a uh, nod to more modern horror, there's a. There's a scene that's straight out of uh, Night of the Living Dead, which is really yep. cool. Yep. There's a really cool scene with a werewolf. That is thing. one of the best werewolf things in 80s yeah. cinema. Yeah, that whole thing looks great. I, in fact, I wanted to see just that movie. You know, I would have been happy with that. Uh, yeah, how John Reese davies was involved in something that cool, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess uh, I shouldn't say that he was in Indiana Jones, but, you know. Yeah, and I won't, I won't tell... 
since you said so many people have not seen this, I won't uh, give up the ending, but I'll just say that the ending does leave it open for a sequel, and there was a sequel made. A superior sequel, I believe. It's a pretty good fucking sequel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this, this jumps, this falls into my Fright Night. Like, I think the sequel's better. A little bit. I mean, that does not take it away from the original. But I think the sequel's just a little bit I better. like the sequel, but I like the first waxwork better. In my opinion. I, I just, I like the whole concept of how it's set up. But yeah, the second one is very entertaining. And we've also got, uh, I say any movie just gets a bump up on my level for the inclusion of a midget, and this has uh, the midget from the movie Freaks. So, oh, it's got Master Blaster. He's not Master Blaster, is he? Master, no, no, but Master Blaster was in Freaks. <laughs> okay, okay, uh, yeah, uh, the it's the midget that's on the cover, the cover where he's like inviting you into the waxworks. Yeah, great fucking poster. Yeah, which I don't know why I've not made that into a shirt yet. Yeah. i got to get on that. What's up, Joe? Come on. I, I know. I'm sl- slacking, I'm man. I'm trying to fucking find that. But I, I guess nobody's ever that. asked me for a Waxworks shirt. I don't – you know, I don't hear this talked about a lot. Do you, Tim? No, because I don't think people knew about this. I don't think it got a real wide release. I think it went straight to video. I could be wrong on that. Uh, it was from Vestron Video. I think it had a theatrical. Uh, see, I don't even remember it being in theaters. Like I said, it just showed up. But I was just looking through some of the trivia as Joe was talking. And did you know, up for uh, David Warner, Michael Guff, Christopher Lee, Peter Cushing, and Donald Pleasance were all possibilities. Hey, they were, you know, it's all the same mold of dude. But also, too, there were three characters that were supposed to be displays in waxwork. But left out of the film for legal reasons, and they are Jason Voorhees from Friday the 13th, Five Children from Village of the Damned, and The Thing. That, that would have been interesting, because apparently, like I was reading on, like it, there's a bunch of references in the original shooting script of this to Jason, and that it was actually a real killer that they make a... Where David Warner character character is like, yes, they made a movie about Jason. But the most impressive thing I've read so far while Joe was talking and listening to what he had to say, effects artist Bob Keane spent 18 hours a day for eight weeks working on the monsters in the film. And it fucking shows, too. Yes, it does. I mean, it's yeah. very, very impressive, the monsters. Um, it was it was adapted as a comic book. I don't remember what, uh, really? what company did it i don't have it i've seen it just a very few times and shit it might have been this was in the 80s when people were trying to research like 3d comics i think it may have been a 3d comic hmm. Hmm. could be wrong on that well this this reeks of uh dark horse but i'm sure i'm not or not no, it dark, wasn't dark horse but valiant it was one of these no valiant had valiant vision yeah i remember <laughs> valiant vision it wasn't 3D. It was just like some prismatic effect that actually looked pretty cool. But uh, no, there was a bunch of companies in the 80s that just popped up and kitchen sink and ran away. Went away. Yeah, kitchen sink image, <laughs> kind of. But yeah, it just it, it's a it's a great movie. I loved it. But yeah, there's not a lot of horror movie fans that found this apparently when it first came out, and they're still. I've, like I said, 
Kyle, there and Joe, there's a lot of people that I'll meet at conventions and they'll be like, oh, name some 80s movies or 90s movies that maybe I didn't know or had a lot of monsters, you know, something along that effect. And I'll always bring up Waxwork and they'll be like, Waxwork? I'm like, yeah, the dude from Gremlins is in it. And really? That, that You know what? That guy, I just, that dude is the Gremlins kid and I can't, it's just like, uh, that warning sign movie we watched, uh, with the fucking dickhead cop from Police Academy. What was his name? You remember oh, warning sign? With the fucking oh yeah, guy. yeah, yeah. Oh, I forget that dude's name now. Yeah, the the, the fucking cop that gets dork wrote on his chest and sunscreen. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I cannot I, see Zach Galligan as anybody but Billy Pelzer. Nah, you got me going to look for that dude now. <laughs> <laughs> Because he's at Mannequin also. Yeah, 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 that's the one drawback of this movie is I can't... G.W. Bailey. There you go. Yeah. I can only see him as the guy from... As Dork from Police yeah. Academy. Lassard? <laughs> yeah, no. Lassard was no. He was the it's one that was always after Lassard. Well, didn't they do that to Lassard on the, on the beach? Was that his name? Captain Lassard? Captain... Uh, Commandant Lassard. I thought that was the good guy <laughs> with the fish. Harris is the guy. Harris, yes. He's the guy that's after Lassard, but I don't remember him getting a dork. I think Joe is right. It's Lassard with dork on his chest. But Harris is the guy that basically Gutenberg has it out for in the movies. Yeah, he's the, 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 bad, the bad, well, the bad guy. Yeah. Uh, anyway, back to Waxwork. Uh, it's a great... You know, I love these Monster Mash movies. It's like Spookies. I love them. I love them. It's great. It's a great rubbery monster movie. I love when David Warner shows up because he's literally just standing there in like this new wave Devo outfit. (laughs) (laughs) Not to say a word. Just standing there and those kids like don't even notice him. And he's like, oh, well, hello. Why don't you come to my waxwork tonight at midnight? Yeah. I'd just be like, I'd I'd be fucking gone. Fuck you. I'm out of here, buddy. There you go, Kyle. It it was released in June of '88 and uh, basically made eight hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, it's sad. I, I I just remember I remember seeing this advertised at the movies. I don't remember what movie I went and saw. It's got it's got its fair amount of blood and gore too. If that's your thing, it's got. I mean, not big big scenes, but enough to where it's like, holy shit, that looks really really good. Yeah, yeah. It, it really went out of its way to make everything look great. That uh, vampire shit in the white basement with all the blood flying everywhere? Yeah. Super creepy. And it's a depiction of vampires you almost never see. Just fucking real weird. And it's funny, too, so... Mm-hmm. I, got, I, got, I got to give Waxwork... You know, it's a four out of five for me. Has I, a good-looking mummy. Yeah, a badass mummy. David Warner dresses like he's in Devo. I like that. Um, this, it's the second one, man. God damn. With Bruce Campbell and the black and white shit. Oh, that was great. And the, yeah. the sequel, yeah. Yeah. But it, it's a fun ass. Like, if you're a fan of Return of the Living Dead or Creep Show or shit like that, it's in that vein just as good. And it should be noted that it was directed by uh, Anthony Hickox, who mm-hmm. did not a lot, but a short run of good horror stuff in the 80s. You got 
You know, this was his first movie. Then he does Sundown, Vampire in Retreat. Yeah, Waxwork, great movie. Yeah, Waxwork, Waxwork 2, uh, Hellraiser 3. Uh, he did the, the Motorhead video for Hellraiser, Tim. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he did, Were uh, playing chess? Yep. Yep. <laughs> he Love did, it. He did Warlock the Armageddon, which is, is a fucking awesome sequel. He did, yeah, I was gonna say, he did full clips. Yeah. The fucking movie that only Tim, Tim Gross has seen. <laughs> I didn't make it up, man. Mario Van Peebles and Cyber Werewolves or something? I don't know. Yeah. He's still out there doing stuff, though. Looks like he's been uh, straight to DVD dude ever since. Prince Prince Valiant, whatever. I don't know what that is, but... Yeah, Waxwork's great, people. Go find it. Uh, it, It's actually on DVD, a double feature with the second one. You probably get it for a couple bucks on Amazon. Yep. Great little fucking DVD. Anyway... On to Time Bandits. There are many places man has journeyed, but the most fantastic oh. journey by far is a journey through time. Ask me, will you? Travel through the streets of Napoleon's France, to the battlefields of ancient Greece, experience Robin Hood's merry old England. Did you hear something, dear? No, I don't think so. In Time Bandits, rated PG. Now playing at a theater near you. This is, I remember, I must have caught this on like, this was one of those fever dream movies. Like, <laughs> I remember catching this on like WGN or so. This is like Night of the Creeps. I, I saw it in the middle of the night and I was kind of like, maybe like almost passed out and maybe I don't know. I'd wake up in the morning. I was like, did I really see all that shit? Or was that like my mind playing tricks on me? But I ended up catching this on HBO. And uh, this is the first time I really took notice of David Warner because he plays evil. Uh, pure and simple. He's just evil in this. Literally evil. Yeah, he is evil. Uh, this is this has to be Ed Quillen's favorite movie of all time because it stars like nine, seven midgets. <laughs> and six, I thought. Well, what do you got? You got all Wally, Vermin, Strutter, Fidget, Randall. Yeah, six. Well, the kid counts as a midget too. No, then it's seven. Yeah, fuck that kid. That kid sucks. Um, this is made by Terry Gilliam, who, you know, I I found Monty Python as at an early early age on PBS and was hooked probably from like age seven. And I love Monty Python, and this is one of maybe, probably, Terry Gilliam's best movie. I think. I know. You got shit in there like Brazil, and Jabberwocky's pretty good. Uh, he wrote The Holy Grail. Uh, you know, I don't... Adventures of Baron Mon- Munchausen is an amazing movie visually, but yeah, I don't know. Have you guys seen that? Yeah. It's... Visually, it's amazing, but you could tell, like, there were some problems, big time. I like it. I like it a whole lot, but I don't like it as much as Time Bandits. And right. I, I gotta say, Brazil, probably, you no, know, it's definitely, to me, a much better movie. Than Time Bandits? Yes. Well, Time Bandits is one of those movies that, that got me when I was a little kid. And much like Star Wars, I it, it kind of blew my, like, little mind. Like, this is what sh- movies should be. This is the most, like, one of the most imaginative, uh, cool-ass, for-kids movies that, you know, 
wasn't pandering. Uh, these kids were in a re- this well, this kid, he's in a real sense of danger. Like you don't know what's going on. And it's about six midgets who work for God, who steal a cosmic map and decide that this map shows them where portals open up, and they just time jump through the portals and steal all kind of treasure. They time jump to uh, uh, Napoleonic Wars, where Napoleon's there, played by uh, one of the guys from Money Python. This cast is fucking ridiculous. Um, I'm not even going to look up one of the Monty Python guys. Uh, he's watching a play, and I, I one of the earliest things I remember of a movie is called, like, is him as Napoleon saying, Ah, oh, the little! He likes little people hitting <laughs> each other! More little people hitting each other! They put on this big play, they jump, they steal a bunch of shit from him, they jump to Robin Hood, and John Cleese plays Robin Hood, and he's got the memorable line that says, Oh, have you met the poor? They're great people, the poor! I love the poor! You should meet them! Um, eventually, you know, on their trail for... Well, I should go. They jump to the Titanic for a bit. They jump to medieval, like, uh, mythical times where there's a cool fucking giant with a ship for a head. And it's got Mona from Who's the Boss on, on the top of the ship. I remember that. Uh, I can't remember where else they jump to. Well, anyway, it doesn't matter. Evil's on their trail because David Warner wants this map for his own reasons. And... I'm not even going to try to explain David Warner's uh, motivation in this movie <laughs> because he's all about like progress and and God doesn't know what he's doing. And, you know, I'm going to make it, I'm going to recreate reality and make it better. And the first thing I'm going to do are lasers, eight o'clock, day one. And he's, his lines in this movie are just so fucking great, but he's on the trail of time bandits, um, pursuing them from the palace of, impenetrable evil or something i can't remember uh they go there it is just the coolest looking fucking set in the world everything in this movie like visually is stunning and there is a fight at the end that is one of the greatest fucking fights in movie history bar none ever everything that comes out of david warner's mouth in this movie is classic uh, his wardrobe is unfucking believable. It, everything about this is like, I wish every movie could have 1% of the imagination time bandits did. But, you know, it, it's just a great movie from my childhood. I think, you know, I think often nostalgia plays a big role in, you know, what people like. Like, let me get an example. Like, you may rep a movie really big, but, it's just nostalgia sometimes, and that movie's not very good anymore. Like Shocker. Shocker's yeah. great. It's a great example. We love Shocker, but you know what? Uh, it's not a very good movie. This is the complete opposite. This movie holds up. Um, you could really show this to a kid today, and it'd blow their fucking mind. Well, maybe not. Kids are fucking stupid now. They'd probably be on their phone through the whole thing. But anyway, <laughs> Time Bandits should be put in a fucking time capsule and buried so people in 500 years can see what a fucking awesome ass movie is what do you guys think about it i remember i watched it at a pretty young age too and i thought all the visual shit was cool uh the minotaur the minotaur looks fucking great yeah sean connery 
Yeah, Sean yeah. Connery, yeah. the, Connery, the fucking you... the fucking giant pirate that the ships his his hat. You know, just just so much. You know, just there's just so much to see, man. It's just so fucking cool. Mm-hmm. But I also remember. As a kid, the ending just confusing me so much. It makes sense when you're an adult. I'm with you there, too. Yeah. You know, it's like as a kid, I was like, well, is this a good thing for him? I know his parents didn't pay attention to him or anything, but but now he's got nothing. You know, the fucking house burned down, and right. I mm-hmm. thought, okay, well, there's Sean Connery as a fireman. He's going to take him in. Nope. Just fucking rolls out. <laughs> so, not, a, not a happy ending. Right, you know, so pretty cool. I to think. me, that that just really threw me off, and I was like, "Well, what the fuck was I supposed to get out of this?" Hey, you know, I, that's what I think is one of the cool parts about it. Not every movie has to have a happy ending. No, exactly. And you know, the Brazil's the same way. Brazil has a real fucking downer of an ending, but it just makes the movie more powerful. And I, you know, and yeah, seeing that as a kid, I, I certainly wasn't ready for that ending. You know, but I remember. That emotion, just like being like, like, well, what the fuck happens to this kid next? <laughs> Do you think? Because I never read it as, oh, well, we're going to have a sequel. I never read it like that. It just no, I never a, saw that. down it's, ending. Right. Yeah, I was going to say, it always had a, it, I always read it, like the ending as a kid just, it was kind of like, really? <laughs> like, well, I wasn't a, expecting that. Yeah, there's a great series on YouTube. I think it's. It must be like a extra feature on some British uh, release of this film or something, but it's got uh, Michael, uh, it's got uh, Terry Gilliam and Michael Palin who wrote it, the Monty Python guy. Like it's in six parts explaining how they came up with this and everything that they couldn't put in because of monetary restraints and stuff like that. But this is kind of like a Dune type situation what could have been could have been fucking amazing and i think it goes into the ending it's been a while since i've seen it but it's Did definitely Criterion put out a blu-ray i don't know this sure reeks of something they put out okay so they did brazil i thought for sure they did time bandits as well i could be wrong i'm gonna look that up because that might be a christmas present for me i would love to see that go how do you think about this tim i i enjoyed it i I really liked it as a kid. I don't know if I like it as much as I used to. Is it still a good movie? Yes. It's not my favorite David Warner movie. I just don't know if I like... This isn't your favorite David Warner role? No. This is my favorite David Warner role. I understand that. I understand that. I think he's out of his fucking mind in this movie. (laughs) Well, just re-watching him in Time After Time and... Just stuff like that, I, I really like. I think you could pick, put it this way, I think you could pick any role of David Warner's and not go wrong. Right. I think you have an argument for all of it. I, I don't think he does a bad role. And that's what Joe was saying earlier about him. It just, it, it I, I just don't think, you, I think you can argue whatever you want to argue, no matter what. Him in any role is just good. Here you go. This is on Criterion. Um, and it's got a lot of extras, so awesome. I figured a lot of that Monty Python shit was on Criterion, and indeed this is. This yeah, well, they, uh, yeah, they really dig the, the Terry Gilliam. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sad he can't make a good movie anymore. Marvel did do, uh, I think a two-part adaptation. Is it just an adaptation, though? Yeah, it's just an adaptation, not, uh, like continuing their adventures or or anything like that 
cool. Uh, it should be noted that this movie was uh, not solely, but you know, a lot of it was funded by Beatle George Harrison, who did a lot of music for the soundtrack. He's got a song on it, right? Or, like at oh the end? man, it is the most stick in your fucking head song ever. It's almost like you don't want to listen to that song because you'll be singing it for fucking four days. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen this movie, and I'm with with Tim there. I don't know what I'd think about it now. You know, if I if I rewatch, I'm going to because I know it's sitting somewhere in my piles of DVDs that I bought and still are in shrink wrap. But I don't know. It's a classic. Would you call it? A, I call it a fucking definite timeless classic. Yeah, it's definitely a, a classic, and it's something that I would still show to a kid just based on like all the the visual marvels that are there anyway to see. Right, like this is, this is how we used to do it in art. You get all old man about it. This is yeah. how it used to be. It's better. This is when movies were good. Yep. Yeah. Get off my lawn, kid. <laughs> yeah, this is my favorite David Warner performance ever. Now, who wins in a fight? The Time Bandits or the Wet Bandits? Oh, the Time Bandits. Fucking big time. You sure Ver- about that? The yeah, Wet Bandits man. can take a beating. The fucking vermin is just eat them, man. Vermin eat anything. <laughs> he eat that rat. He ate the ropes of the cage. <laughs> eat them. Yeah, I got to like- that, that scene where they're in that cage, uh, the cages that are just hanging from fucking... It couldn't believe me that came out of somebody's mind. Yeah, it just, it looks phenomenal, you know. It's a great, goddamn, people, if you have not seen this, you are missing something fucking grand. Show this to your kids, it's great. I think it's on on, uh, Netflix. It used to be. Oh well. You can check for it there. Sad sad news, uh, David Rappaport, who played Randall, who was in a lot of shit I liked. You know, he was in that... uh, the Bride movie with Clancy Brown as Frankenstein. The, we did that on the show a long time ago. It's like if Lifetime Channel decided to fucking do uh, a Frankenstein movie with Jennifer Beals and Sting. He's yeah. Uh, unfortunately, he fucking killed himself, blew his head off. Is that breaking news right now? Nah, this is breaking news to me, man. Uh, I didn't know that. No, he. Uh, I think he's in the Woody Allen film Mighty Aphrodite, which I like a whole lot. I have never seen a Woody Allen movie, nor do I care. <laughs> well, if you're going to watch one, I'd I'd suggest that one. It, it's pretty great. Well, I take that back. I have seen Sleeper. <laughs> Sleeper's great. Anyway. Yeah, he was in this weird – I remember watching it as a kid. He was in this weird, uh, like, syndicated TV show called The Wizard, where he was like this magical midget who lived above a fucking, like uh, – magic shop and he had this bag that he could open up and do all his tricks and he just fuck crime it was really fucking strange but it had douglas bar from uh, fall guy in it too so fall guy <laughs> fall guy Jesus. fans take note oh my god <laughs> i used to have that matchbox car oh the truck. shit cool <laughs> lee majors truck yeah all yeah, right i used to have the 18 van Anyway, that's that's all for Time Bandits. Uh, it's it's a film real close to my heart. Everyone should see it. Anyway, David Warner, we love you, buddy. Uh, stay alive. Don't die, <laughs> please. Uh, what are you doing next week, Tim? But just before oh, uh, we do that, uh, I listen to a lot of audiobooks when I drive, and the la- well, the last one I listened to was a Club Dumas, which is the the book which the ninth gate was adapted from cool. the uh Polanski oh, movie okay. with uh, oh, like Johnny Depp and this was read by 
by David Warner, and he did a fantastic job reading the novel. So I'm going to be on the lookout to see if he's done any other work like that. So definitely a guy that, that despite age or whatever and despite not being a mega star, he's kept working the whole time, and, yeah. and I appreciate it. Thank you very much. I know David Warner listens to the show, so I just want to say thank you. Yeah, thank you, David. If He should because we love the guy. Um. David Warner reading Game of Thrones would be the most amazing fucking thing. That would be great. I would probably just go around <laughs> and listen to that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, what are you doing for next week, Tim? I'm totally unsure. I have a movie called Blood Frenzy from the 80s. It's about a therapist messing with their patients. Sounds terrible. <laughs> uh, it could be, but I want to see it. Uh, I know you've seen Bone Tomahawk. Yeah, interesting. I, I, I didn't know if you want to Cover it, cover it, or? Sure. Uh, I was gonna say, I have that, and Goodnight Mommy, I still gotta watch. You know what? I'm gonna take Joe's advice and not watch Goodnight Mommy, because I know it's subtitled, and I, I believe Joe when he says, like, it's just gonna put you to sleep. And besides, I think it's been ruined for me, the twist. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, let's do Bone Tomahawk, sounds great. Okay. And uh, I only say that because, uh, we do have a guest for next week. Oh, do we? Dano! Oh, okay, cool. Dano's going to come on. Uh, I think he's going to talk about The Force Awakens. Mm. But I am going to be talking about uh, a movie that everybody hates that I love, Amityville 3D. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> That's the one with Meg Ryan. Oh, man, Lori Laughlin, Meg Ryan. I think Gutenberg's in there somewhere. Uh, the one dude from Robert uh, Joy. Force and Land of Dead is in there. Robert Joy? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, I couldn't think of anything better. And I've been wanting to do fucking Amityville 3D for a long time. So there you go. Joe, what do you have to pimp, sir? Uh, you can help me pay my bills by going to fastcustomshirts.com and picking up some shirts. Also go look Const- at boobs. Yeah, look at boobs on my Facebook page and help support uh, my trip to Horror Realm in March through my tit starter campaign. You get nothing out of it except for being able to look at boobs, cleavage, and just send me money. And uh, someone was trying to steal your thunder this week. On, uh, yeah, I your... saw that. It's like, man, I already had that fucking uh, I don't that know picture what... in, my, in my arsenal, and now like, yeah, I'll still use it. It's a fantastic picture. I don't know what yes. you're talking about. <laughs> I'm serious. I don't know what you're talking about. Here. Uh, some guy posted a, a – some guy. You know, a friend of mine posted a picture – with the Donald Trump story, and of course I didn't read the Donald Trump story. I was just like, oh man, here's that hot chick I already have a picture of. Yep. Okay. <laughs> um, you can also listen to more of my rantings on the DWN Horrible Movie Podcast with Tom Martino. Awesome and show. I, I believe the last two episodes are actually pretty good. I don't listen to the show, personally. Because to me, it's just like me and Tom arguing because we don't agree on fucking anything. We have radically different tastes. But I think the last show that we did, which uh, actually I talked about a lot of the same movies that uh, I talked about on our year-end show. It's it's a decent show. It's competent. (laughs) I like it a lot. Neither one of us is, is too, too drunk. That fucking dude makes me laugh like a motherfucker. So on the next episode of that, I'll be reviewing Street Fighter Assassin's Fist, which is an Asian Street Fighter movie uh, from the video game. So, huh. so and, is it a sequel to the Jean-Claude Van Damme? Is this the one with Jackie Chan? 
Uh, is Jackie Chan in this? I, I don't know. So. It just came out last year. Oh, uh, oh. I don't even not. know what country it's from. I'll love. Uh, I'll post a picture to to you guys' Facebook page. Yeah. Okay. Cool. But yeah, it looks very, very interesting. It looks very, very good. Dude, Dalsam in this. Yeah, I think everybody's. In oh, this. Dalsam better be fucking beating some fuckers up because that's my boy. Yeah. Um, man. And other than that, once uh, 2015 is that what year we're in now? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's done. I'll be hitting the road again and going to conventions, art shows, shit like that. Cool. I can't wait for Horror Realm. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Man. Um, as for me, uh, just like our Facebook pages, search Bloodbaths and Boomsticks. There's two of them. Uh, our website is www.bloodbasspodcast.blogspot.com. That's something I should say at the start of the show every week, but I never do. And I want to hip everybody. Uh, this might make it into the episode. It might not. Um, I don't like Quentin Tarantino. But you can bootleg his new movie, The Hateful Eight, right now if you know where you will to look. Really? <laughs> yeah. Is that already out there? Yeah, if you know where to look, you can watch The Hateful Eight. You can also huh. watch that new movie, The Revenant. Um, a lot of shit got leaked this today. Today, I've uh, uh, I've really no interest in seeing the Tarantino movie in the theater. As his last three movies have just been really mediocre to me. But Bucket yeah, if I can watch it man. for free, I'm all about it. Yeah. I was going to say, I want to see this just because of the mere reason of Kurt, Kurt Russell's Russell. in it. I've already heard bad things. Well, bad things to me. I heard this movie takes place in one room, which basically means it's going to be Quentin Tarantino jizzing all over fucking dialogue again. And I am not about that shit. But fuck that nonsense. Oh, I was going to talk about his beef with Disney, but it's not a beef. He's right. Anyway, I hate to say that. Uh Joe, thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me on, yeah, guys. Thank you, it's, Joe. It was a lot of fun. Uh, Team David Warner. David Warner for yeah. life. We're out of here. Oh, little people hitting each other. I need more of that.
We'll start the day off by telling you, whoo, it is Rolex time. Why do you eat people? Not people. Brains. Brains only. Yes. Why? Today. I'm going to punch you in the ovary. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> Straight shot. Oh, ow. Right to the baby maker. That's why you can't, monkey boy. No matter where you go. There you go. Go fucking iceberg. Obviously, you're not a golfer. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Now go home and get your fucking shine box. Grant me revenge. Listen, then the hell with you. If you go, it's gonna turn out bad. Bitches leave. Mecca, mecca, high, mecca, hidey hole. Each day's a gap. Did you see? Did you see? The doctor and me, did you see? You need one more drug deal with that idiot fucking cop magnet of a cousin of yours. And I'll forget your grandmother was so nice to me. I'll cut your fucking nuts off. You understand that? Ah! Ah! I swear my fucking mother, if you touch her again, you're dead! Ah! I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.